0: boys and girls welcome back to the talk nuffle podcast and we are here for our second race review of this lockdown time um and let me just get this right before i introduce my my guest who is on for this race review. let me just get this right okay this podcast is going to be going to be for the <laughs> <laughs> On this podcast, I've got uh, Mark kamish Hampson to talk about Bretonians. Hello, Mark. How are you?
1: Hi Tom. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on.
0: That's good. Are you uh, are you suitably inspired by uh, by that?
1: Um, my loins are uh, on fire right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All for the lady. Everything for the lady. Exactly. The You've always got to be pure of heart. And inspired by the same enchantress, and ready to do a
0: battle in her will—is that correct?
1: Always, always, and step on the peasants in the in the meantime.
0: Absolutely more. I mean, this—I mean, Bretonians is an interesting second race review for the Torn podcast because Bretonians is not a traditional blood bowl race. I would say, Mark. I mean, I don't know if you agree. I mean, it's obviously of the original. Was it 25, 6, 7? If you include simian races, uh, as, as we go through them, um, Bretonians is not one of the arty-farty old school blood bowl races. It is an old school uh, Warhammer race, certainly from the old world, but it's not one that's traditionally, you know, uh, been exposed to blood bowl, is it?
1: No. So they kind of, um, I guess, when they stopped making blood bowl or they kind of put it out to pasture, they uh, never had a Bretonian roster, but. I think it's a decent addition, and we'll talk about why, but um, the actual reason it exists was, well, as you as, as you know, is it kind of got added in Blood Bowl 2. Um, You've got some details as to why, but it was an, an addition to that game. And since that, it's kind of slowly become almost a kind of usable roster for from everything from leagues to, to, to tournaments. So it might not be Games Workshop official and a little quote marks around that but it's definitely a uh, NAF official team uh, which has changed a little bit over the last few years actually so yeah good fun team to use as well yeah. we'll get into it
0: yeah we absolutely will I mean um yeah I mean that's one of the interesting things I mean one of the first things people say when I because I went and had a little good it's this is a little bit harder than the original race review we did the Dark Elves because I think all of the race reviews we're going to do after this one are going to have had a GW endorsed Spike magazine for them, and mm-hmm. the Spike magazines are phenomenal. They're like they they've really bothered to go and look through the old lore, look at what the old fuddy duddy is like, but also look at what new people might want. Bring that race into the into the blood ball universe and make it relevant. Yeah. So like the Dark Elf Spike was great. Right? Like actually actually looking through it for the podcast made me realise how cool it was and how you know like yeah. how they really brought it up to date for the birds. I've had to go and do a bit of research and uh, do a bit of googling, um, and yeah, it, 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 it's it's interesting. I mean, I I, um, I came across uh, some stuff on the fluff. Um, so the the chap who ended up writing. The Bretonian team sort of design, design decisions that he came up with, and then and then produced the team. Mm. And I thought it'd be fun to look through those first before we go into the roster itself. Definitely, um, so and just sort of read them out and have a
1: little discuss discuss. So, is this designer was—I I haven't read this, so this will be really interesting. Is he the the guy who designed the team for Blood Bowl Two, or was it almost like a separate thing that Blood Bowl Two then kind of took on? No.
0: Yeah, as far as I'm aware, they were two separate decisions because I think um, I think they originally created the Britannian team where, uh, and we'll go into this a bit more, but where knights had you know strength access and things like that, mm. and um, and there were other bits and bobs within the team, and it was generated as a, a sort of fan thing first, and then Blood Bowl 2 took it on and it became the team that it is now, and then and then it's had the PDF. So I think this chap is unrelated to the Blood Bowl 2 game, oh, yeah. um, but then it sort of generated into that and came back. Um, so, yeah, he says, um, you know, he started off with, he's got like an overview blurb, and his very first thing he says is um, sort of aside from the fluff. He goes into the fluff later on. But his first heading is niche. Um, mm. Every Blood Bowl team should have a niche, a design goal, which makes it unique. I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, the Bretonian team is intended to be a running team. Uh, the Bretonian team is neither strong nor particularly durable, so it will disadvantage if a coach decides to try and play a 15-turn 2-1 grind style, the preferred style of bashy running teams. And that's the problem with uh, sort of one of the inherent problems with Bretonian teams. It's kind of a bash team that can't quite bash. Yeah. Um, and then he says, and this is just the last sentence, instead, Bretonian teams often have to rely on a more daring offense as well as an aggressive defense bolstered by the versatility of the knights and the unique skills of the commoners, <laughs> which I think is great. Just, it's like that really brings... Brings to life the Britannian yeah. you know, feudal, hilarious style that's built, doesn't there's, it?
1: There's very few teams where you can uh, feel good about putting your chaff on the line. Um, any other ones that
2: are
1: oh, like that? Oh, even then, <laughs> you feel a bit bad for the poor little guys, but maybe zombies? Yeah. Chuck the meat shield on the line. Uh, it's probably scaven line rats. Throw them on the line. Other than that, there's not many, but this this, you get some serious pleasure watching your peasant skiing beaten the crap out of by monsters and beefy boys.
2: so
0: You almost enjoy as, like, you've got your knights kind of doing all the cool shit. Yeah. Like, the, the peasants being ground. And, like, it's fun to have a peasant just fouling someone into the dust. like, that's what he should be doing. He is a peasant, and I shall be here trucking and passing the vault. It's like quite funny, isn't it? We'll,
1: we'll get into yeah. why that is, but there, there really is a yeah. disparity between that, I mean, the top and bottom of this team. It's quite a yeah,
0: quite uh, an increase. I think the out the sort of the sort of takeaway initial takeaways. Yeah, it's definitely a running team, and we'll go into that a bit more, mm. but sort of with a twist. And it's a very it's a very effective running team, I'd say. Uh, so his general he's got three uh, general design principles, mm. um, which kind of is it, quite cool. And and I think this is really like actually integral to what we talk about on the podcast and how this goes. Is the blood bowl design principles, as I'd say, and I've recently been getting into. Uh, Middle Earth strategy battle games, so Lord of the mm. Rings, which is another GW game. Um, but the design principles in Blood Bowl are really they're definitely fluff-based as well as game-based, which is different to, say, Age of Sigmar 40k other games, mm. um, which I love. Like it's, 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 it's exactly the same as Middle Earth, where they come up with all these cool heroic actions that people can do. Um, but, yeah, same in these design principles. So the first principle is... Uh, um, talks about, uh, and this kind of takes away from the old world Britannia as well, is that mm. the heading is, these are athletes and not soldiers. Um, a Bretonian team has to reflect the fluff of the Bretonian nation and not Bretonian army, because, you know, as we know, Blood Bowl is, is in a different universe where sport has replaced yeah. Um And these are professional Blood ball players rather than military personnel stumbling onto a Blood ball pitch in full plate armor. Therefore, porting unit types from a home makes no sense, hence there's no ground lights that sort of kind of shit. Um, peasant archers make obvious throwers and all that sort of thing um, but it's not actually how Blood Bowl would be played it, it was played by errant young aristocrats and we go into the team later on where they talk about how there are peasant teams initially and apparently the, like in the fan made fluff the knights kind of looked down on it initially and it was all played by peasants and then they thought oh this is a cool game we'll bring it in that's cool anyway the the second uh, point is uh, yeah Bretonnia is a harsh feudal hierarchy it's very much like War of the Roses S style, and that's why GW's moved away from it. You know, they don't like history, they like fantasy and their own IP, don't they? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, let me get into this quickly. Uh, So what's the fluff of the Britannian nation? Harsh feudal society with the arrogant nobility at the top, so that's our knights catching and doing all the cool shit, and desperate downtrodden peasants at the bottom, fending people away and fouling them. Um, It's not a nice Arthurian place, would you agree with that? Not a nice Arthurian place?
1: Not if you're a peasant. That's for sure. I fact I wouldn't even want to be on a team if I was on a peasant, and uh, it's pretty dirty work. They are, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the the closest team you could probably like them to is they're obviously similar to humans, just in terms of staff, yeah. I think. The four blitzers kind of, you, you, the knights are those blitzers but boosted up. But, yeah, they are, yeah, we'll get into it. But they are gritty, I think, is the word. They are, yeah.
2: Great, I mean, too. this is
1: this is a
0: quote, and I just love. It. I'm sorry, listeners, to keep bringing these quotes. and I'm sure you get sick of the sound of my voice, and we'll bring Mark in a lot more later on. But this is my podcast, so I'm going to talk as much as I fucking well want. Please uh, do. But, <laughs> yeah,
2: there's,
0: this, there's this brilliant quote from um, from the Britannia website, which is from the days of your, you know, anyone who played fantasy and stuff um, about peasants, and I think this is brilliant. This is where it's like this is where the guy has looked at what peasants are and brought it into. Um, into into the the Blood Bowl universe. On paper, their wage is quite generous, far exceeding anything a peasant could otherwise legally earn. (laughs) But what militiamen actually receive is a mere fraction of this total, if indeed they receive anything at all. Every conceivable expense is deducted from this salary, from their food and accommodation, due to each and every equipment loss and breakage. Some miserly lords even levy a charge for any funeral expenses incurred. And these are like the peasants fighting in the Lord's army. And I I would imagine it would be similar in a Bretonian team. Like yeah. the peasants would, yeah, come and play for our sports team and you'll get all these image rights. And get all it, but we're going to fucking take all of
2: that
1: because yeah. you're a peasant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fluff and my team, we'll talk about the uh, pample mooses in a bit. But the Fluff and my team is that the Lord had a, uh, a honey monopoly and he was um, in Paravon and he's... Even his knights, you know, he's got his buddies that he plays blood bowl with for a bit of fun. But, uh, yeah, all of his peasants, he just gets them in off the bee, the beehives, you know, to play blood bowl. <laughs> so their real job is making honey. So they get off the pitch to do that. And then he comes and gets them for their games. So, uh, that was always the funny story for them. Um, <laughs> cause they look like honeymen, they, like, they look like they had the silly hats on. They're the Grebo miniatures. So yeah. You can, look, and there's so only things you could play around with it, you know, like. You can do it with a human team, but with this, you can just make up some silly stories about some knightly lord who's been embarrassed or something, and he's now playing blood bowl instead of, you know, jousting. Which, in my opinion, I don't know if it's in this guy's uh, kind of design notes, but like I've always thought jousting would be the premier sport in Bretonia, even with blood bowl. About the blood bowl, will be always like, yeah, like he- a close second.
0: I quite enjoy that. I kind of feel like that would be the case. I mean, the, the fluff talks about like some chap searching for the grail discovers that there's some, I can't, I, I haven't got it in front of me. I'm just remembering off the top of my head, some skull-encrusted, um, like, ball-shaped item is in one of the cups, and <laughs> he ends up going and play, playing for a team or something, and then he goes, oh, this sport's pretty glorious. Look at me catching this. Oh, and he's like, he's searching for the grail, and he ends up playing some human team, and that's how Britannia comes into it, which that's I think fair. is pretty cool. Um, there's one last design piece and then we'll dive straight into the roster and we'll talk about each player in turn and like bring all the stuff in. Mm. Um, but the last thing um, he says is he's like, and I think this is really key actually to writing a non-ridiculous secret league team. Because, you know, this that's the key thing is people say like, why Bretonnia? Why not, you know, Clan more or Clan Scar or mm. Simeon's even or yeah, like all like other things like that. And yeah. and, and and actually Bretonnia's, is a distinct race within, within the Warhammer universe. It's yeah, like we'll, a part we'll, of another race. We'll, we'll chat about
1: exactly what Britannia is as well then, Tick, just because some people may have never seen the miniatures because it obviously got deleted in the world that was, whatever you want to call it, the old the old world. Um, but yeah, carry on. We'll get into that in a sec.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Let me go through my last point, and
0: then we'll go through Britannia as was, and, yeah. and you can bring that, that point in, which would be great. Um, so he just makes the... the The really valid point, actually, special rules are all turned off. So you could have, you know, proxy skills. Like when he was designing this team, he was like, yeah, I could have brought in horns to stimulate like a knight's charge kind of thing. Mm. Um, Or, you know, use no hands to talk about because he talks about peasant. And we'll talk about it later, but peasant rules are written because they're they're not allowed to practice with the ball. That's why they're so shit. They're only allowed to practice like on the line. And like you could have said like no hands. And they're shit. You can put in like that. (laughs) Marks laughing uproarcy. You know, it's true. But actually, if you want to create a real team that makes sense in normal Blood Bowl, yeah. you've got to turn off a special rule. But so that, that was the only point I was, you know, the last design point. But yeah, Mark, please lead us into the Britannia fluff yeah, and so... what Britannia is and where it's from and all that sort of jazz. That'd be great.
1: So a lot, I'm sure a lot of people listening will know and, and maybe have fond memories of, you know, triangle formation, fantasy, Bretonian um, units. They used to be actually set up as a triangle and used to be complex rules for how to use them. Um, You know, multicolored knights from all their different families and heraldry and all that kind of stuff. Fantastic miniatures. Very much old school kind of fantasy look, which is, I guess, probably, as you mentioned earlier, why they were cut. Because you can't really IP fantasy knights, I guess. Anyway, we won't get into that. But the pony was effectively (laughs) uh, to the west of the empire. Um, I can't quite remember the mountains that separated it, but there was kind of a bunch of mountains. They never really warred with the Empire. They did have a few civil wars with them. But generally, they were uh, a bit like with Kislev. They were like a triple triple uh, threat against the forces of chaos and all that kind of thing. Now, Britannia had a big problem with the undead in their lands and different vampires, vampiric lords. There was even some Bretonian lords that turned vampiric. Um, so it was always that little problem. They had huge issue with scaling. Yeah,
0: Muthillon, wasn't it?
1: Mussolini and the Red Duke and all that
0: was yeah. the kind of undead.
1: All, all kind of hush-hush. You know, everybody's actually being ruled by a vampire but nobody knew it, etc. Yeah, such a... Almost a little, like Sylvania. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a, kind of... A, they're almost so, so uh, you know, chivalrous and so righteous that they almost were blind to the corruption that was going on around them in some respects. But then they were unparalleled on their steeds. So the whole army was on horseback. Which is what... I why some people may be like, well, how can you have a Bretonian team because they're not on horseback? And I understand why that, but I think that this guy's done a really good job of making the roster, making them feel like they are these righteous, zealous, well, maybe not zealous, but chivalrous knights that they are. Um, yeah, Bretonia was just a, a, a land of men. Um, most of its cities were built on old elven cities. Um, so yeah, they may have stripped it all back, but they were built on the same kind of Groundworkers, those elven cities before they went back off to, um, all fine, but I had some pretty interesting stuff going on. The, the knights were always pure to the lady of the lake. Um, a bit like Excalibur, this is, you know, uh, some, some well, lady they put it right exactly. exactly. And they even <laughs> had rules in the, in the army where you could pray to go. And if you did pray, you'd go second, but everybody would have a six plus in one. say they had quite funny things going on. Um, well, not say not funny, quite fluffy, story driven rules. Um, and they were just a beautiful sight to see near the end of the Warhammer 8th edition. The old world, like, Protonian armies are very rare. I think it had been about for 12, 13 years or whatever it was since they'd had a new book. So they, they were quite an old, old
2: yeah, old models
1: by the end, weren't they? Old, uh, old models, old tired army book, you know, still people playing them religiously because they were their favorite army but they definitely definitely struggled um which was sad really because they are quite it's quite a you know something you think about you think about fantasy uh Warhammer or in warhammer only fantasy are just like bright horses on you know big blokes on horseback but you don't even seem to get that in the new age of sigma really do you even the empire army is you know the, the sort of standard horseman they're all kind of gone really. It's not completely everybody's riding on Yeah, I mean that, That's the co- that's the single comment I'd make here
0: is that, you know, when they, they kind of deleted Britannia and still had like Empire Knights and stuff like that. And I feel mm. like they could have been like, Oh well we'll we'll get rid of the and the problem they had was just that the Empire Knights plastic unit were quite new. They're so mm. like, Oh, we'll keep these on but in theory, you know, they could have at that point. Got rid of the Empire Knights and gone. Well, there's the, these are the horses of the human world in the new mm. Age of Sigma environment, and you know yeah. we've got Britannia Knights. And that that mm. could have worked.
2: I you
0: know mm. and uh, the, the peasant models are cool. Actually, the peasant the peasant uh, inventory really cool. But I think the models really stood the test of the time. Actually,
1: considering you know how old they were, they weren't quite as old as the Empire Knights. They were really old, but they brought out the Griff Griff Knights, Griff Griffin Knights. Uh, Nearer to the end of the eighth edition, um, but that's when everything seemed to just start be like riding different monsters or or sea dragons, whatever the hell they are releasing now. But that's basically Petonia. It was just a a kind of very fantastical place, um, as as you said, very feudal. They had massive battles with you know the the, the vampires and the Skaven quite consistently, uh, but then they were also shared a border with Aetheloren. Which is, when we get to the star players, you'll see there's a little bit of a connection between the two teams. Because in the end, spoilers, yeah. the Lady of the Lake was an elf, as we would expect. It all assumed she might have been, um, which came out in the end times. But uh, yeah, and then, yeah, they had Eflora in there, and Tilia, Estalia, but it doesn't really go into those details. But I can imagine if Blood Bowl was played there, as I said, jousting would probably be their main thing. But I can imagine they would... Uh, Dabbling in a bit of Blood Bowl every now and then. But yeah, that's a kind of overview of what, what Britonia is, really. Or was. Yeah, and,
0: and I don't, and I think the argument that people make that, because one of the key arguments people say about Britonia shouldn't be allowed and all that kind of thing is that Blood Bowl universe is different. And it is different, but it's very much based on the old world. Like, it's different mm. but based. So... So, like, I I have absolutely no problem with them going, you know what, Britannia's not got a not got a team, and they should have a team, because it actually, if you were to, like, no one's really done, lo- like, the extent of, there's a few novels about Blood Bowl, and it's actually a thing I've wanted to dabble in, I've written a few short stories for the Bulletin and stuff, but mm. in terms of actual literature about Blood Bowl, there's not really lots of it, but no. if someone was to write a map and, like, do Blood Bowl, there's a fucking gap where Britannia is, it exists, like, it's there. So, you, yeah. and people say, oh, you can have human teams
1: you could, you could yeah. use the human rules I was um, say, work. you could <laughs> go that way couldn't <laughs> you? You, you go two ways, yeah, you either try work. and create try and fill the hole uh, or you try, or you just go, oh, well there's human teams they can just play it, they're just anywhere you could have them yeah. from Paravon or whatever yeah, but but, yeah, blitzers
0: are knights and linemen are fucking, you know, catchers are whatever, like, you could, you could make it work it, it's a thing that could work, but but I like that someone's bothered to go and do the team. And I think now, Mark, we should dive into the team rules, have a look at the stats and, you know, how they fit in. I think that would be a good way to go. Let's do it. So, first up, and uh, listeners, uh, last time we used the Spike Mag, which I'll always do in these because I like to stick to the GW rules because I think the up-to-date stuff is cool and what they're doing is really, really good. But uh, we're going to use the Fumble roster as like a, um, as like a starter for 10, essentially. Um, and I've got the uh, the chap who wrote the rules as kind of backup notes. We'll have a look through that, and we'll discuss it. So first of all, the peasants who are effectively shitter linemen. I mean, the way uh, <laughs> the way the guy who writes the rules describes them as, he goes, uh, the linemen of the team, so they're still linemen, they're just yeah. shitter linemen, are, um, are a peasant levy from Britannia's many all-peasant clubs. In the Fluff, there was originally... Only peasants playing this game around Bretonnia and the Knights were like, this is shit. And they, they were like, oh, this is great. We're going to take the limelight. So originally, Brittany had all-peasant teams. And I've seen people do this, and it's not good. We'll say no. that. It's not good. Uh, they're <laughs> they're no. trained athletes, bracket in the broadest sense of the word. Um, <laughs> their equipment is shoddy, and they're neither allowed to train with their higher-ups, so they don't throw the Knights or the yearmen, um, nor with the bull. Their stats are akin to a thrall, and they have ag2 to reflect their poor training, um, but they compensate that with sand to show that while they may not be good at avoiding a beating, they're quite experienced at limping away from one, which I think is great. <laughs> I think that's, that that epitomises it. So, the so the the stats for a peasant is movement six, same as a a human lineman. Strength three, same as human lineman. Their agility two, so they're a bit shitter with the ball. Their armor seven, so they're definitely weaker. They're on the line where they're going to be taking a lot of hits. It's important, uh, but they do have fend, which is bloody annoying. Uh, they've got uh, normal uh, general access, um, and they cost 40k, so they are cheaper than a human lineman. Um, I would say that's a compensation. So, they're, so they, they lose 10k, drop an agility, drop an armor value, but they gain fend. So mm-hmm. for me. Not as good at that bash style in terms of actually standing up to the punches, but that fend in a mass environment is bloody annoying, isn't it, Mark?
1: Yeah, it's, 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 it's very frustrating to play against, actually. I have a bit more experience playing against it, but definitely when you're using it, you can use it to your advantage. Um, but I tend to find it's like a cheap man's, well, it's a cheap man's agility three. It's kind of what I think it's supposed to be used for, because if somebody doesn't, you know, if somebody you want to try and dodge away you need a four plus but because of the fend you may be forced that you you know you're not following up now so you can now move freely so but decent opponents will recognize that because they don't want you to just be able to dodge away or move away freely so they'll actually push you into other players tackle zones if they can and a lot of decent players up against fend will do that because at the moment these guys are tied down they will not dodge away and unfortunately with the way the Bretonian team is you do need peasants to plug the holes. Uh, make the screens. So, yeah, fend's good, but if you've got a decent opponent who knows how to deal with it, you might be in trouble. That's what I've tend to found over the
2: oh, years. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, interestingly, one of the things about fend is that fend in isolation is only really good on like a really good player. So, mm. you know, Griff's got fend, which is fucking great because he's a like on a ball carrier. Actually, it's really good because you can stop people from following up with frenzies. You can, mm. you know. Just, like, just really keep people away from you. Um, but on just like a normal lineman, like it's not common that you take fend. Like Norse linemen take fend, that's cool. Mm. But mass fend can be really good because you can really force people down a particular route that you want to force them down. So so actually, in a weird kind of way, the more linemen you can get on the pitch, the better. But also because of that armor seven, they
1: just get removed. So you can, you've got to kind of like balance yeah. it up, haven't you? Totally. I mean, we'll get into how, how you build this team in a tick. But, yeah, you, you definitely need at least seven or eight of them to start anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah I'd,
0: I'd agree with that. Yeah, we'll, it's, go that. It's, we'll get into it. But, yeah,
1: mass fend if you know how to use it, I mean, I normally would put it on the front of the cage or front of the front of the screen just next to the ball carriers because it can also make a difference where suddenly, you know, you've got to do a go for it to touch the ball carrier or something like that. Um, because of the fend, and then it just causes little issues and little, like, sometimes even, and I've been playing them for years now, sometimes even the Fen makes me go, oh, I didn't know that could happen. Just cause it's, you uh, can't quite think about all the situations that might happen. Um, it's, yeah. yeah, weird things happen sometimes and not even you can expect, but sometimes it works for you. But of course, Armour 7, they're just like Scaven Lamb Rat, uh, Scaven Line Rats. Sometimes they three on the
0: line.
1: Yeah, and they are. And then when you you really...
0: you're not afraid to throw those guys into a fucking foul, are you? You're like, oh well, I'm just going to foul uh, you, and it's going to be really annoying. Totally true.
1: Totally true. But with peasants, normally your players down, so the idea of fouling yeah. stuff is really bad. So there's been very few games with Brecht where I've been players up. The, the the peasants just die. If you're defending, you put three on the line, oh. and if one of, if all one of them survives, it's a miracle. Because they're just so poor, um, and then three and well,
0: this is good. Maybe we're going to have
1: game.
0: a maybe we're going to have a bit of a debate later on. Then, because I kind of disagree. I think fouling's a strong tactic, but we'll go into that later Ooh. when we talk about the tactics. Um, I think we'll move now. So, I mean, to to sum up on the linemen, um, they're similar to human linemen. Die more, but <sighs> they control space, which is key in blood bowl. The Fend really controls space, yep. and that actually brings you into the next positional. The yeoman, um, yeah. or the blockers, or whatever you like to call them, they're effectively the knight squires. Um, uh-huh. Their stats are um, exactly the same as a human lineman. So they're move 6, strength 3, agility 3, and armor value 8. Uh, but critically, they have the skill wrestle, which is fantastic on a starting player. To so getting a starting team, any ball, any skill that can pop the ball mm-hmm. is great. But they also have normal access to both general and the strength. So as I was saying about the controlling space, um, there are great skills you can take on these guys. Yep. Both guard and fan firm are critical space controller mm-hmm. um, skills that you take on these guys straight up. And you get four of these in the same.
1: Mm-hmm. And also really important that you can get first skill up if you really want like a real ball sacker, you can get tackle as well, yeah. which is fantastic. So they can do it general as well. Yeah, yeah so yeah. tackle, wrestle, they're great. I mean, so you can only have four of these, though. So you can have, obviously, the 16 of the peasants, the linemen. You can only have four of these, and they're 70k. Um Pretty pricey. So effectively, it's 50k for a normal lineman in the human team, so it's 20k for the skill, right? That's basically what you've got here. And the four of them, I mean, the problem is with them is you don't normally start with many in the league. We'll get into why. Or we'll, the next position will explain why. But they are... Excellent. And with the strength, as you say, guard's always a good idea, especially for Bretonians, because they lack strength across the board. Uh, Mighty Blow is also a good shout. If you've got wrestler and Mighty Blow, maybe it doesn't quite work, but because it's accessible for them, it's always good fun. Just have somebody who can hurt stuff, which is something that these guys do struggle with, is hurting people. But yeah, I think they're great, and they're also brilliant in defence. Brilliant in defence. Yeah, I mean, one
0: of one of the problems I have with them is um, is the wrestle is both great and annoying because they mm-hmm. kind of become hybrid players in that they can both stack, but they mm-hmm. but but you also want them to have that guard and stand firm and to control yeah. the space. So it's mm-hmm. like, so the fact that you can get four of them means that if if you're really good and you use them correctly, you probably and we'll go into this a bit more later. But you can probably build them slightly differently and have ones that do different. Things, mm. but in a way, you, if you're a new, I think, and you know, that's our key takeaway here is that bretonians certainly aren't a new player team. If you want to play with humans and, mm. and and you're a relatively new player, take humans because they're they're more they're easier to understand. Like what the roles are, the yeoman you have to build correctly in order to make them work for you and your team.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, you normally turn, I, I would normally because you normally start with either one or two. You probably want to turn one of yes. them into a killer someone who can sack the ball, cause damage, and another one who becomes like a utility piece who you can guard up, might uh, stand firm as well, maybe even, just to kind of get in there and cause problems and help help the Knights out as well. Because sometimes having that guard is essential for things like dauntless. Because, um, yeah, sometimes you're in a really sticky situation and they can really get out of it, the Knights, which not, not many players can. Yeah, they're good. They're really good. Uh, good, good. Just having yeah, wrestle you, on them makes a big difference. Makes them quite a lot of difference to just a normal lineman as well. So we like them.
0: As we know, Mark, you you fucking love Dauntless, right? It brings us uh, deliciously uh, onto our next player. You are a big fan of the Dauntless Rolls. Absolutely um, not. And yeah, the knights.
2: Nice. Yes.
0: <laughs> the knights. Nice. They're they're cool. I mean, I mean, that's one of the things we said a lot on the last. Uh, race review of the dark elves of things that are cool the knights are fucking cool they're they're yeah. human blitzers, so they're moves you get four of these again, so four yeomen four knights, and then you and then your peasant uh, they move seven strength three agility three, and then i 'll eight so they're the same as um as your human blitzers they've got block block like the human blitzers, and then their additional skills are dauntless mm-hmm. and catch because mm-hmm. they love that you know. Really cool, flowery, over-the-top blood bowl of I'm going to be the fucking hero and I'm going to catch the ball and score this touchdown. So I think that's a really cool fluff piece. Yeah. Uh, crucially, their skill access for normal is gap, so general agility passing, but they do lose the strength that the human blitzers have, which is pretty key to the to the bretonian team. They originally did have strength on the blitzers and they thought it was too AP. They took it away. Um, but yeah, they get that on a double and that is Quite a key double take on Knights, actually, as we'll go into later. But yeah, the Knights. Cool, Mark, I'd say. Uh, Fucking yeah. cool.
1: I think if if you see this roster and you're not sure what a team to play and you look at the Knights and think, yeah, they look fun, then do it. You'll love them. They're, they're, they're great. They are just human blitzers, effectively, but with the extra skills. But then their access, especially like the passing, because I think human blitzers are general in strength, with my dreaming. Mm. Yeah, so these guys are. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah,
0: they get mighty blow guards straight away. Yeah. Those are your mighty blow guards. These, these knights
1: can quite quickly become a bit elfy uh, with a few skill ups, you know, because you're thinking, we'll get into level ups, but I'm always thinking dodge at least on two of them. So that ability just to get it with the agility, fantastic. But they are 110k. So they are, they are. 20k more than. You more pay than... for it.
0: Yeah. But you, but you get what you pay for. I mean, these are these are the je ne sais Croix, the knights, the guys who do it fucking all. I mean, these are the guys you want. <laughs> they're yeah. like, pay for me. I'm going to come here and play a Blood Bowl for you. And and they've got for me, they've got just enough to pull that off. It's like you yeah. know I I I think they're cool. It's it's one of those things, you know. And if you get an agility four or a strength four knight, they become redonculous. Oh, for, <laughs> sure. Like for sure. You're a skill up away from them being a yeah, they're good enough. They they they're cool enough to work.
1: Yeah. So in terms of their skills, I mean, block is obviously brilliant. Catch is odd one. Is an odd one because it 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 kind of the running team things right, but all they're really going to be doing is handoffs. You oh, probably can't even count on two hands how many passes I've actually done with a Brett's team, the <laughs> twenty team. But there's a lot of handoffs. There's a lot of tradeoffs between knights. A lot of tradeoffs between the yeoman and the knights. Um, So the catch re-roll is huge just to keep the ball moving, you know, because you can swing it real quick because they are fast. So that catch isn't necessarily used for the long passing. It's more used for the little quick dodge out to hand off when you get into a sticky situation. And as you said, the catch is just quite cinematic of these pompous knights on the pitch doing their thing, you know. And then Dauntless is exactly the same Carry I was gonna say on
0: on like um, Games Workshop teams. Like I feel like if Games Workshop released this team for, for like mm-hmm. you know just up front, they'd be like a yeoman or they'd be somebody just with the random pass skill stuck yeah. in there so they can get leader yeah. or something. And like yeah. the way this team's written is like no fuck that. The knights mm-hmm. do the passing. The knights do the catching nobody else is having any yeah. of this shit. Like, that's that's yeah. how the team's written. I It's brilliant. It's great. And it's how they play as well.
1: So it kind of works, you know? That's how it is. the guy who's made this team's made it work because if the peasant's got the ball, something's gone very wrong. <laughs> you, should <laughs> you, you should not be... And it's right. You should be touching the ball. Um Sometimes you have to do sick yeah. things, but everybody does in Blood Bowl sometimes. But the yeomen get to see it sometimes, you know? Whereas the knights, it should be <laughs> retrieving the ball. They should be handing it off to their, 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 their mates and that should be it. They should be doing all the killing, punching. They're just, they, they're, they're like, um what's the team I like in the more all the time? They're a bit like vamps without bloodlust. They've got these, you know, normally you can have six vamps, but you have four or five vamps, you know, these superstars, and then you've just got fodder around you. Whereas in this case, you've got four, the four knights, maybe not as good as a vampire, but you have worse chaff, you've got peasants and stuff. They play in the same way. So if you're into vamps, but you want to try out a team that's a bit more, a bit more reliable, reliable doesn't kill itself, you might enjoy Brett's. And I've always said it to Phil as well, uh, Phil's a really good vampire player. I've said to him a few times, you know, try out Brett. I think you'll like him. I think he might even be. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah
1: thoughtless. Well, apparently thought of one, thought the,
0: one of the one of the mooted decisions was, you know, they could have done something like actually make the Yeoman agility two as well and bump the Knights up to agility four or something like that, like that sort of thing where literally nobody else can handle the ball, yeah. but the Knights are good enough that it works and, and those sorts of things. But yeah. again, the point in the, in the building of this team is it it's come out as a relatively solid tier two team. It's not tier yeah. one, I don't no. think, but it's, it's a good team. Like it, it definitely works like as you've done it and it's, and it's come out well and it doesn't feel yeah. the limelight, but it's, it's good enough to compete with, with the, the good teams, but not the great teams. Because I would say off the
1: bat, I reckon TV 1000, those nights, if you call them a blitzer, effectively they are, um, those nights probably the best blitzers in the game to start. But then you've probably got the worst <laughs> linemen. So the, the disparity in the team, <laughs> other than stunty linemen, but even then I'm not so sure. Driver around, uh, does stunty and dogs <laughs> and what them idiots have. The disparity in the team, the curve from the top to bottom is quite severe. So if you find yourself losing yeah. peasants, you've still got a chance. If you find yourself losing knights, good luck—you're doomed. That's and then, how that works.
0: Yeah, and then the final thing before we move on to the stars is their rerolls of seventy k, which is pretty standard for for the kind of newer teams. Is like people are not quite sure what to give them. And again, I said this in the dark elf one. Dark elves have got fifty k rerolls. I'm just not—I—I I, I don't quite get it. Like I yeah. don't really understand. I think it's. Like, I see why it's there to try and balance the game, but I don't think the way it's currently applied does balance the game. Like, Mm. I just, I've seen Bretonian teams, I'm like, if they were 50K, that, you know, it could make them, it could make them compete a bit. Like, and and that's what I said to Phil, and I'd be interested to see your thoughts on it, but Mm. I don't feel like Blood Bowl currently is written as a game that's in any way designed to be balanced. I feel like it's deliberately written to be like, yeah, fuck it, if you want to win the game. Go and take your Wood Elves. Go and take your fucking Gaven. Go and Whoa. take your Elf team Stark Elves, who are going to fucking win the game because these guys are good at the game. Um, if you want to have fun, and you don't really care if you lose or not. Go and take Stunties because they're shit mm. and they're designed to lose the game, but they'll have a lot of fun and they'll chainsaw people's heads off and foul people, you know. And I think, and, and in a way, it's just not designed to be balanced in that way. So the reroll thing still, I still struggle with. Like I don't think it fit mm. overall. But anyway, yeah.
1: No, you're right. I think even in the even in the new twenty sixteen edition, you know, it even says not all teams are made equal. It, it says it right off the bat, I think it's one of the first things it says. Um it's the base, it's like choosing a game, right? Uh, I think that's why they call cool, the snotlings, very hard mode or whatever it was. Because it kinda of is. It's like when you turn on a game and you want to play Doom Three or whatever, Doom Four in non nightmare level or easy level. It's it's kinda of like that and that's what they've tried to make with this game. I would not say any team's easy because there's always problems that can come up, but I'd, I'd put Brett's just just like kind of maybe average, average hard. <laughs> they're not, they're not, they're not easy, but they're average. You're gonna you're gonna have some good some good times and you're also gonna have some bad times, but you know it's not gonna be really really difficult. Before we go on though, we should chat Dauntless. So what is your the so Dauntless is on the nights. What's your take on Bortless yeah. for the Knights? How would you use it? Do you use it all the well, time? I don't use it all the time, but I think it brings something
0: to a team that it doesn't have. I think it's useful, but it's not reliable, which is a problem because the Bretonians are going to want to bash at some point. Like the way mm. I would build my Bretonians is that I'd actually want to try they're they're kinda of like a hybrid human team and they want to try and run away from your orcs and your chaos and your mm. really super bash team but Dauntless brings them something that because they don't have an ogre, they might need. Yeah. <laughs> because they might need to try and punch big dudes. Mm-hmm. So I think they do need it, but I think if you're starting to rely on it, you're in a shit place. Basically. Yeah, like if, no, exactly. If
2: you're,
0: if you're if in your one move of that turn, you're like, cool, so I really need this Dauntless block to work. You're a bit fucked. But it's there, so you can use it. Like, you don't have to rely on your uphill block. Mm-hmm. You do have the option to use it, and I think that the team need that because. Yeah. They don't have an ogre, and I think the human team needs the ogre, and the ogre's got loner and shit like that, so, you know, it's a
1: problem. Mm. Yeah,
0: um, I, there's, there's, you know, there's things for both teams. I totally agree, and again, it's
1: really cinematic, right? You can imagine this knight looking at all the, the broads and the ladies in the stands and being like, I'll get him, don't worry, and then knocking out an ogre, you know? You kind of can, You can imagine them doing, him doing it, but you're totally right. Dawnless should be almost, I use it as like a last chance saloon. It's like a, alright, we've got to get this guy off always trying to get at least enough assists in to make it a one dice even if I fail um, but it's one of those it's one of those if you can get a- I, I do
0: I do think it's needed I think it's needed on yeah. the team because they don't because they you know they're going to get outbashed by people and they need to they, they're effectively a shit bash team like yeah. but like I say that with a tongue in cheek you know that they are still a running bash mm. team so it's kind of they do need something to do that with yeah um, and I think dauntless is the thing that they have.
1: And even, you know, even with dauntless, I mean, anybody who's looking to play breaths, it's yeah. If you if you fail your dauntless roll, it's not always the best idea to re-roll it because they do have the block. So even if it does go down to a one dicer, like, say like you say the are blocking a black, block black orb or something, and you're like, well, I need a two plus. You yeah, roll a one. You've got a
0: good chance. You roll. You go. You go. Keep the
1: one dicer. You know. Um yeah. That's basically how I go about it. You try and get the assists in anyway because you wouldn't do dauntless without assists. Uh, and then you, yeah, it's tough. I wouldn't use it all the time. I wouldn't always be wanting to have all four of my knights up against big black Hawk or lizardman every single turn. But for that situation where you need to keep the ball moving, go for it because you probably don't have any other options. On time.
0: Yeah, yeah. And we'll 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 go into a little bit more depth in a bit about the actual positionals and skills they take because I think we're delving too much into that now. Because we've still got some stars to go through, which oh, is great. Yeah. We haven't got as many stars. No. the dark elves, but we will go through the stars. I fucking, yeah, as you know, Mark, I fucking love a star. You love um, a star. So, and actually, I'm going to go through the fumble list of stars because yeah. they've got all of the stars. have yeah. got. Uh, so I did a bit of research. I
2: did a
1: bit of research on this before we came on. Did you? Yeah.
0: Oh my god! I was. Very first, that is.
1: I was prepared. First for talk knuffle. I was prepared. <laughs> so I looked at the new tournament. So the Nap Tournament doc has, which was released in January. I can't remember now. But it has, like, a list of stars, and it's also got a legacy list. So according to this, the only stars that P- the protonians can use are Willow Rosebark, Carla Von Kill, the Mighty Zug, Bogalanti, Griff Overhaul, and then Morg. But then there's two legacy stars that they can use if the tournament wants, or wants to allow them, which are Zara and Dolphar. So I don't know what list you've got, but is it
0: close? Well, I've got all of the ones apart from Carla. So I think what we'll do is we'll run through my list.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, because they can... Because actually, yeah, that that covers all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but we'll take in Carla as well, because that's actually not on this list, which is interesting. Okay. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as well. So the very first uh, star I have on my list is my favourite, Dolphar, Longstride. So I'm a bit sad who's gone, because yeah. he's a legend, isn't he? Yeah, I mean... I, I'll run through him quickly and we'll talk about him. He is essentially a Wood Elf lineman with everything. So he's he's, he's Movement 7, Strength 3, Agility 4, Armor 7. So he's literally a Wood Elf lineman. And then he's got Loner, as you'd expect, Diving Catch, Hail Mary Pass, Kick, Kickoff Return, Pass Block. I mean, he's got all of the cool shit that Mm. you wouldn't... And and what he's great for is tournaments because he's got uh-huh. all the cool shit you wouldn't normally be able to take in a tournament, yeah. but he has as a star. So that's why, and he's only 150K, so he brings all that yeah. shit for an affordable price, which is yeah. amazing.
1: He is. And I've used him in both tournaments and, 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 the, and the league, and every time I've used him, it just turns the lights on. Because suddenly they don't have to worry about getting the ball. You've got this elf in the backfield who can do it, and he can also pass it to them pretty effectively. And if it's really dodgy, you can hail Murray Perry-Master thing back to him as well. So he's a great, like, positional to just clear the ball away. Let's say, for example, you're playing, like, a Nerval team or a ork team and they've spent six turns bashing up the pitch. You manage to get the ball loose, he picks it up and just hail Mary passes it into the other end zone know, yeah? It's totally do it. He's a great positional, and he has kick, which for Brett is just excellent. Especially in a league where you might be struggling early on, he's a great start. But then he's no longer... And he brings official. this... As say he brings this
0: toolbox
2: yeah.
0: and flair to the Bretonian team that it, it has because we were talking on the last podcast about the sheer reliability that Dark Elves bring you because Dark Elves are just about averages and reliability and they're such a reliable team. And mm. Bretonians, as we'll talk more about, are not necessarily a play-the-averages-reliable team. They need to do flair shit. Like mm. That's how they do things. And like Dolphar, he's an elf, but he doesn't bring you shorthands. Sure he doesn't bring you pass. He doesn't bring you catch. He has no fucking re rolls in anything. Mm-hmm. He just brings you all of the cool flair things you might want to do. Like he gives you that kick. He gives you that Hell Mary Pass checker out of the pitch. Yeah. He can bar block people. He can move and get the ball. Like, you know, he brings all the fun shit and a toolbox that you'd like. Mm-hmm. But he still does add to that reliability, which I think uh, which I think is great. It actually brings more into the kind of fluff and ha- and play style of Britonians without, you know, breaking them in any way. Yeah. So I think's great.
1: He's great for handing off as well, like we were saying earlier, running, running handoff. He runs up, grabs the ball with a kickoff return. He's going to be close to the ball from the kickoff more often than not. Kind of gives you some security against blitzes and things like that. Um, yeah. He's there near the ball. he grab it on a – if it lands near him, he's got diving catch, so he's grabbing it on a two-plus. Um So he, he can grab the ball straight away off the bat, not more often than not. Um He's just brilliant. And then he'll just run up, hand it off to a knight. And if you're still worried about things like that, you kind of just protect the elf with all the knights and you make a little running field of park, get the elf to the end zone type thing, Um, which definitely is sometimes the best (laughs) play.
0: He is great, but... But you uh, can always roll that bloody one, can't you? That fucks you in the ass. That's the problem.
1: it's true. It's true. Yeah, it's better than rolling... Ones and twos to fail, which the rest of them do. <laughs> so.
0: Well, I mean, uh, and the next dude brings you the, a bit more reliability. And I don't know, Mark, jump in if you do, but do you, have you got the fluff for these dudes? Or, uh, so I've got a, a
1: bit of fluff, a got a bit of fluff for some of them. When we get to them, I'll chat for because okay. some of the stuff are to... in, the, in, the, in the, the, the spikes.
0: Well, we're going into Galante now, which I assume you have the fluff for. I don't. So he is um, no. he's, you don't? Okay. Is he right. not in the spikes? Though? No, he's high-offs. Oh, why is Bo now... Oh, okay. What, well, why is he now a Wood Elf thing? Where, where's that come from? Uh, sorry, a Britonian thing. We're talking about uh, bretonians here. Why is Bo now a Britonian ah. star? Very good. When did good. he
1: become a It Was that just... Recently. Okay. Recently. So, in January... Gen... I wish that we had that knowledge. But yeah, I don't, unfortunately. <laughs> he just turned up, and to be honest, so the... I was quite happy with that, because they've taken... So, Dolphar seems like he's a... Maybe star along with Zara, like a 50-50, but Bo is now the official elf that they can take. He's not a wood elf, so it doesn't yeah. really make sense. But in the Death Zone yeah. 2, he's f- usable for high elves. He's 160k, so a bit pricier, but you get so much more for him, I think. He's movement eight, strength three, agility four, armor seven. So he's a high elf catcher, effectively. Um, he's got dodge, yeah. loner, sidestep, sprint, short feet. So you effectively, you've got a movement 11 piece pretty reliably. And he's awesome. He's, I think this season I took him in nearly all the knockout games because I was always TV down and he just made such a difference. In fact, I think he scored most of the touchdowns to be honest with you. But, he's just uh, completely different to, to, to Dolphar. It's a shame you can't have both anymore. Well, I say anymore, it depends on the tournament you're going to, it depends on the league you're in. But, yeah, Bowie's definitely way, way better for offense, I think.
0: Well, what I would say is that he's, yeah, he's um. he brings to the Bretonians what we were saying before. He kind of lacks the rule of cool almost in a way that I have, in that he brings those, that reliability yeah. and re-rolls him, which is good, really good. Like, he can mm. dodge, so you get that two-plus dodging elf yeah. And he can sprint and chore feet, so he gets rerolls and all that oh. shit, and sidestep. So he's more reliable, but loses the toolbox. Yeah. So for me, yeah, he's got like I love Dolphar, and I'm sad that he's mm. barely gone because for me he was a really cool thing for the Britannian team But obviously, you know, um, GW have now accepted Britannians, but never wrote the rules and never really had them as a, like a thing. So no. I-, I can see, you know, why they wouldn't care. But for me, Bo, yeah, he's he's great, and he's. He's really, really good, mm. but he lacks that rule of cool that I think Dolphar had in a kind of in a in a kind of way. That's what I would yeah. say.
1: You're right. The Brett's are very quirky, so having quirky star players is is definitely a benefit to him. But then, really, when you look yeah, at the I list, mean, I there's not them. many quirky star players. But Dolphar's definitely one of the the, the, the funnest. Yeah. he's just and got I, skills I'm, you never see. You know. Yeah, exactly. And and uh,
0: things that you think you wouldn't think you'd take, but for 150k. You fucking would. Like, you get them in your team, and they don't cost skill slots because often as a Burt team, they're off. They're annoyingly often tier one, and we'll talk about this in tournaments. But they're now becoming more tier two. Yeah. But if you need those skill slots, he brings that shit. Yeah, Bo is. I mean, Bo broke me. I mean, Mark, you're not involved in it, so. But for the listeners, we talked about it a bit on the last podcast. Um, I had probably the most ridiculous Dark Elf team we'll ever see, with like three Agility five Elves and a Strength four Witch and all sorts of bullshit. Yeah. Um, and Steve very mechanically beat me with a Bretonian team, a well-developed Bretonian team with Bo as his like star player. And Bo was fucking annoying. Like, <laughs> just, like yeah. just having that elf in the team was so irritating. So he's he's really good. He's, there's, you can't take that away from him. I would certainly take him um, in a tournament yeah. setting.
1: Yeah, definitely tournaments. evenly. like if you've got that game where you've got the money to spend on a star straight away. He's the first one I would pick over anybody, actually. Um, any of these stars, he's the—he's my number one. If I had to pick a star player every game, that's my opinion.
0: But number one. Number one
1: elf. <laughs> number one elf. But it's sad to lose elf. I, I mean, with, with the caveat that we
0: fucking hate elves, Mark. I mean that's thats the caveat. And yeah. no, no one would ever take elves without
1: it's being not, a complete douchebag. It's not an elf team with Bretonians in it. It's a Bretonian team with an elf in it. <laughs> it's a totally different thing. <laughs> That's what. I, <laughs> that's how I tell
0: myself at night. The so the next star player is one that it's a shame that we haven't got our very own Bill on to talk about because it's he's taken it to a tournament. He did High Elves last year. Um, didn't do well at the tournament, but it's beautifully painted. Our very own Willow Rose Bark. Yeah, Rose <laughs> the most bark. oopy special character star player <laughs> yeah. that we have in Blood Bowl.
1: We do have a little thing about, oh, a little bit of thing about Willow here, because she's in the, uh, of book, as you'd expect. We'll get into what she has. So but, uh, so I won't read too much. <laughs> Some players play for thrills, others for fame, and even more for the love of spilling blood. In the case of Willow Rosebark, the infamous Dryad plays for, well, we're not entirely sure. And no one has ever gotten a straight answer. Yeah. We'll see. So she's a <laughs> unknown age. She's a Dryad. A, she is a dryad. It's all, it's all we say they, they seem to know. She's uh, despite journal understands that the best way to establish this would be to count her rings, but no one no one's worked up the courage to ask her. <laughs> so her height, <laughs> height between five foot seven inches and seven foot one inch, depending on the season. Weight between one hundred and nine pounds and one hundred and sixty seven pounds, depending on how recently she's been pruning. Originating team, the Lord Avengers. With a question mark. She's a blocker. Career totals, seven rushing touchdowns, 92 kills slash serious injuries. Awards, mesmerizing mutilation award, 20, 2479 and scariest game face, 2482. <laughs> With a spike <laughs> journal score of 223. What are her stats, Tom? Why is she so oh, good? Teeth.
0: She's disappointingly terrible. I mean, she's, that's the problem. Having read that out, she sounds really cool. Yeah. And they've just not given her the... Because she's a triad. And dryads in, like, Warhammer Fantasy and Age of Sigmar are fast, but she's mm. not fast. She's movement five, which is one of her big problems. Mm-hmm. Strength four, good. Agility three, fine. Mm. Um, but on a star without skills, you know, agility three without anything else is fine. Uh value eight, fine. Loner. She's got Dauntless, which is one of our favorite skills, but on strength four, again, mm. eh, um Five step, why? Uh, and then six goals, so she can stay on the pitch. I mean, she's she's just got no synergies with any of her skills, and the, the big thing no. about stars, and the big thing about the new Games Workshop stars are bringing out is they're actually bringing out useful stars with lots mm. of synergies. Like, mm. hence Bow, who's got Sprint and trophy, like That's a thing that you need mm. dodge with agility for. You need all the synergies. So, yeah. if she's going to be movement 5, strength 4, agility 3, armor value 8, arm evaluate, she needs probably block and stand firm and yeah. thick skull or something like that. And then she'd be, yeah, she's yeah. useful. i take her. Stand she's firm would be point. cool. Stand she's... firm then
1: makes her a mini tree, right? She's kind of tree-ish. Um, I can imagine that'd be quite that's useful. That's how they built
0: her. Movement 5, that's how they built her. So yeah. she's not got
1: it. No. I can see in a wood elf team, she may have, for because she's only 150k. She's quite a cheap star, maybe sort of. Um I can see for a wood elf team you might use her just to hold down the line, maybe if you've lost your tree for a game or I don't know, I don't know. She, as you say, she doesn't seem Trying a great to a
2: choice. Here, Mark. Yeah, I
1: can't. <laughs> I think I did use her once. Uh just to test her out. And it was okay having that strength four, but I can like there's so many teams out there that would just take her apart. Um the sidestep can be annoying actually. Can He's not me. got an offensive
0: or a defensive skill that goes without strength four. That's no. the problem. Not, like nothing. Nothing there goes with strength four at all. It um, of, sort of does.
1: Because you normally play like different teams. Let's like, say if you're playing a human team uh, or, or, I don't know, another prep team, anything that hasn't got a lot of strength, they've got to dedicate a lot of players to moving her and then she can sort of sidestep out of the way, which could be useful. Basically, as you say, clutching at straws, it's situational. Depends on the coach. I would pick Bow over her every day. That that's the difference. But they k more. Yeah, for ten k more. I'd I'd I, if Dolphar is usable, depending on the event. Probably Dolphar over her as well. Um Yeah, I I think you just take her for fun. You take her for a bit of a laugh, right? Uh You take her if you wanted to take an elfy, dry addy, wood elfy build with regrets. You know, for a bit of fun, you might take her, bit. Not not the best. Not the best on the list. We... And that's, that's my
0: problem, Mark, is that, you know, as I've said, the Blood Bowl rules, to me, seem to be built with both fluff and rules in mm. mind. And mm. I don't, for me, Willow doesn't epitomize that fluff. And she's got old school rules that have never epitomized mm. that fluff. So it just disappoints me. Like, I'd like GW to write rules that do epitomize that fluff. I don't care if she's a bit shit. I just want her mm. to make sense with the fluff, and she doesn't. So it's like, you know. It doesn't fit with the game for me, but yeah, draw a line under it. That's what I'd say.
1: Be worrying if they ever release a dryad team. Um, be worrying. It's <laughs> and they're all movement five. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. Willow Rosebark. Phil loves her, and he could talk more about her next time. Yeah. So the next player, we'll go into the Cara and Zara um, thing next, but the next player is the mighty Zug, who is one of my very favourites human players, mm-hmm. and I really think he has a place here, and actually we'll go into our tournament teams in a bit, yeah. but um Mighty's definitely features on my tournament team. Mm-hmm. He's Movement 4, Strength 5, Agility 2, Armor Value 9, Loner, and then he's got Block and Mighty Blow for 260k. He's like a reliable ogre, essentially. Yeah,
2: he
1: is He is very useful. He's great when you're playing against the Bash team and you've got the inducements, in my opinion, where you may not need the Elf. Um, The Elf you tend to take against other Elf teams or other fast teams. Um, But him, I think, you had the Dosh. Because he is 260k, as you say. Yeah, he's going to make a dent in in, in the funds. But he's so worth it. So worth it. Yeah.
0: I think that's where our play cells diverge as well, Mark, which is why it's going to be quite interesting when we discuss later, Mm -hmm. is that I very much, because there's two ways to play Burt. You can play them as more of a running, but a bit more of a kind of evasive team and pull away, and I think that's how you play them. Mm -hmm. Whereas I would play them because I'm a human player, like as the listeners may have heard, I'm a straight-up human bash player, like a human can bash, but you need to play them properly. Um, And Mighty Zug brings that ogre that the Burt's lack, to really make them fuck people up on the line and actually yeah. compete toe-to-toe on the back. Totally. Um, and that may not be a base off but if you want to really try and beat the shit out of people, yeah. Doug will do that.
1: Totally. Oh, totally. And that's the nice thing about the Stars is, I know that it's not official, that, you know, it's not an official team, but, you know, the NAF, I'm assuming you've chosen these these players, alongside Blood Bowl 2, probably have chosen those two two different aspects. You can make them bashier, and you can make them faster. And more agile so he's a great choice i'd take him if you have to if you had that much money to spend you know you're in trouble so a big beastie boy would be a good shot. Yeah, and
0: in and in a tournament setting which we'll talk about more later um you can really build a team around that because the knights are better than human blitzers i yeah. think the Ye- yeomen bring more than the throwers and catchers for me in my mm-hmm. bash play style and it's not something i've done yet so you know i'm mm-hmm. talking purely from a theoretical playstyle but mm-hmm. having Zug as the pivot ogre piece mm-hmm. and using Blitz as a yeoman I think is fucking cool. Yeah. We'll get and into the, yeah, it. We'll get into it. The, yeah. Yeah. We will. We will. In the tournament setting. I just, you yeah. know, we will just go through it Mark, don't worry. Um, so we'll go on to Karin Zara in a sec. The, the final person before uh, Karin Zara is Griff Oberwald who is the other human star player who again in the fluff Kind of doesn't fit into a Burt team. I can I can see why they've chucked him in as a human mm-hmm. star, but um he's very much a Reichland Reaver Empire player. But but sure. and and again, like uh, thematically doesn't fit, but tactically there's a really good team out of this. I think I think he can work well with the knight. Mm-hmm. He's uh, as many of our listeners will know. Um, yeah, when you say someone does it all, Griff does it all for 320k. So expensive, but not. Too expensive to use, but he's a, a human blitzer with a lot of stat-ups. Move seven, strength four, agility four, armor value eight. So he's like a vampire on steroids. But a vampire yeah. on crack, essentially. He's a bit quicker, isn't he? Um, Loner, as you'd expect. Block dodge, so he's got that gorgeous lodging, but on the strength four, agility four. Fend, yeah. as yeah. we've said, is amazing on peasants. Yeah. And then sprint and sure feet. So he's effectively, reliably moving 11. I mean, you know, Chris, great. Right. Sickening. Yeah. yes, he He's ridiculous, isn't he? He's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a great player that you pay for.
1: For sure. If you can take him in four nights, poof. Yeah. Tasty. Tasty indeed. But that price tag, he is expensive. He is expensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what else could you say, and maybe about we'll talk- he's just a superstar, isn't he? I mean, if you're going to go for him in a tournament, I think we'll- you've got to build it around him.
0: Yeah, I think we'll talk a bit more later, Mark, when we talk about tournament play, about how you might build Griffin, because mm-hmm. I'm very much a star player um tournament player as the listeners will know. Um so we'll talk about Griff a bit later. But um you probably, and I think you'd agree with this Mark, you probably wouldn't take him other than that. You wouldn't really take him in a league build. I think if you've got three hundred and twenty K you wouldn't be like, yeah, I'll take Griff. Like I think there's other
1: shit you'd take as really. I think I think so, like yeah, definitely. We'll talk we'll go through League, but I think you'd probably go one of the other stars and then maybe the Wandering because you 'Cause you're gonna get crappy, you know you things like that. There's a lot of, sort of options, you know. If you're thinking about taking Griff, then it's just for the laughs, basically, just for the laughs. Cool. So we've got Morg so, as well. Morg can be taken.
0: Oh well, yeah! Uh, Before we do the current star it, that's just—I mean, we said this in the in the Dark Elf um, one, mm. which you weren't on, Mark. Morgan Thorg, Again, yeah. I'm repeating myself. When you say Griff does it all, Morgan Thorg really, really, really does it all, but not in an agility context. But he still fucking does it all. Move yeah. six, strength six. Agility three, armor value 10. Loner, block, mighty blow, thick skull. He's still got three throw teammate, 430k. He's like an ogre who can really, you know, he'll he'll take your mum to the dances, give her a good time, take her home in a cab. You know, she'll get a kebab and he'll, you know, he'll mm. look after her, winny.
1: he? will look after her, for sure. <laughs> well, a
2: little bit
1: of a <laughs> bit of spiel, a little bit of a spiel for more. We won't go through, but we'll give him his, his spike card because they're quite funny. So, for all their bizarre magic and weird rights, the Chaos All-Stars are very popular with the Blood Bowl watching public. public. Originally, this popularity was due to them being possibly the earliest recorded Chaos-aligned team to appear on the circuit. Indeed, the All-Stars first showed up in 2402, several years before Lord Borak led the first great incursions of Chaos teams into soft southern competitions. In recent years, this continued success has been due, at least in part, to the success of their hulking ogre star blocker, Morgan Thorg. <laughs> So his age is unknown. He's 7 foot 11 inches, so he's a big boy. He's 390 pounds, originating team of Chaos All Stars, position blocker and team captain. His career totals 48 passing touchdowns, 54 rushing touchdowns, 578 kills or serious injuries inflicted, which is pretty impressive. And then so many awards. I'm not even going to read them. Uh, <laughs> most valuable player awards, fifty-one of them. Services to organ transplants medal. Anti-violence watchdog committee's worst tackle of the year. NFC player of the year. Chaos Cup winners medal. His spike score is six hundred and eighty-five. He's a beast. Uh, anyway, we won't go into his stats if you've already gone over it, but just for I'd give everybody a little there. Uh, a bit of background. I mean, I, it,
0: I love Morgan. You know, I mean. One of my nicknames on EBL for a while was Morg, because I've enjoyed taking Morg in teams you can, because I, I, just, I just find it fun to fit stars into teams. And Morg is a star that is good enough to build a team around. He's, he's expensive. His, his downside is expensive. He's fucking great. Otherwise, what's yeah. not to like? He's so good. Anyway, right. Zara and Kara. So again, this, this is a, a GW thing, which is one of the things we've discussed a bit on this podcast, where they've kind of released stars to replace the old one, but yeah. some people have been sure. able to take advantage of the, I, I kind of I, mm. I wish that they just released Zara the Slayer and changed her stats, personally. like I, I, I don't see why they couldn't have done that, but anyway. Yeah. Zara, who's the old school one that you would know and love, is Move 6, Strength 4, Agility 3, Arm value eight. So she's a Strength 4 human. She's, she's, she's cool. I like her. She's loner, Block and Dodge, so Blodging. Dauntless, that we love. Jump Up, which is fantastic. Stab and State. 270k. What's the difference between her and Kara, Mark?
1: So, Kara von Kill. Um, So, she is movement 6. She's strength 4. Agility 3. Armor 8. She's 220k. I don't know how much Cesara is.
0: Yeah, 50k cheaper. So, yeah, yeah, definitely much more affordable. Much yeah.
1: more affordable. Uh, so she's obviously Amazon's Halflings, Humans, Norse, and Bretts, of course. But she has Block, Dodge, Dauntless. So the same on them respects. Jump up the same. Yeah. But she doesn't yeah. have Stab and Stakes. So she's missing that. So you basically
0: drop 50k and you get the same. And I mean, like. Yeah. Like, that, that Stab's good, situational. Stakes, you wouldn't take. She's. And, and what is the interesting thing is, and the annoying thing for me, and because we always talk about this, I am very much, I love the strategy and the tactics and being good at Blood Bowl. Like, I'm not a person who doesn't love to be good at Blood Bowl, but um, I also love the theme and the fluff and all yeah. that kind of shit. Yeah. And I just, I, I, people take Kara. The only thing that Zara now adds is that if you're a Bretonian or an Amazon player, potentially, depending on cost, but mm-hmm. often, um, sorry, I did say Britannia, I meant halfling. Yeah. If you're a halfling player or similar, you could take both. So right. you see a lot of halfling teams now with Kara and Zara so you've got two strength four blodging stars with the halfling team, which is immense mm-hmm. and two trees. It's it's actually a really strong build. I mm-hmm. um, and you do see an Amazon, it depends on if you got you know, one point two K plus, like people do that. Um and I just don't think that Kara adds to the theme of Blood Bowl. Like I feel like she should just be it should now be Kara, I and mean, they should have just got rid of Zara. Like I think it should just renamed her.
1: Personally,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm.
1: agreed. Well, I think that 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 she kind of has replaced Zara in terms of Games Workshop's view, but of course mm. the NAF is just effectively this time around, It looks like they put her on the legacy list, and then they may just get rid of that list in a year's time um, because there's a lot of. So the problem is, is that the Games
0: Workshop know that the NAF exists, and they and they work with them on a regular basis. So mm. they know that this shit's going to happen. And I just don't, I, I, this is just a personal rant from mm. Morg, loin to lo, loin, you know, is that just, like, I, I just don't really get why they can have done that, in the spike and been like, Zara, the, they could have called her Zara the Slayer, gives her new stats, and called her that, mm. and they know that people would have followed I, I, I just don't really yeah. understand why
1: she's called Kara, like, it doesn't make sense mm. to me. Unless they're going to bring Zara back in the future, you know? Maybe, maybe. Who knows? Maybe she'll that's make a new my, appearance. That's
0: my personal rant.
1: So. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I think you would take if you can take Zara. You probably take Zara over Carla, right? If she's cheaper, did you say cheaper. No, no. I take Carla because I, I, I'd, I'd be fifty k cheaper. Oh, Sorry, cheaper. Did you say Kara? Carla, cheaper.
0: Yeah, Carla. Carla. I take Carla. So Carla is fifty k cheaper yeah. and loses the two skills you yeah. probably wouldn't use on that player. Yeah. So you take Car. You take Carla, but it, but so the similar the similar outcome is um is uh, um, the Tomb King example, which mm-hmm. is Setec and the new Setec, whatever his name is. He's yeah. got tackle but loses break tackle. Yeah. And I would have just called Setec Setec mm-hmm. and given him new stats mm-hmm. and be like, here's the new Setek crack mm-hmm. on. Like I mean I, I just I just don't I don't quite get why having another name star adds to the theme and the value of the game will go, here's a star that everyone's used and everyone loves and everyone knows tip your hat to that, because they're really, you know, that I'm not a GW basher, like, they're really good at that with the spikes, mm. it, mostly, it's fucking awesome the way they mm. bring the theme in, and I, I just feel like this is a bit where they just slightly dropped the ball, and should have gone, rather than new um, Carla, or new Setek, or whatever it is, here's the player that you all know and love, here's the stats that we want her to have, and bring into the game, rather than, you know, producing new ones because mm. it's not an IP issue, you're not IPing Zara, you know, all that kind of thing crack on, like that's what I would say on the matter mm.
2: Yeah,
1: I guess they must have just made a decision to create more new miniatures, who knows man who knows, there would have been a decision somewhere I'm sure they would have made it for good reasons in their eyes, but you're right I don't know why they had to create something new, but that may be because in the future they're going to do new things, who knows, so a bit of a waiting game Anyway. if they release the Amazons we'll find out
0: anyway we have ranted on too long about the roster and the stars but as this podcast always goes that's just how it is Mark isn't it we have fun we talk about stars we go and we'll come back into the stars a bit when we talk about the tournament probably more about the tournament builds so I'd be interested to see your thoughts on stars yep. um, but for now listeners we'll take a quick break Mark and I well I will certainly recharge my glass Mark will go and make another cup of tea maybe uh, and we will come and talk about uh, league builds for when the Britannians love it let's do it
3: but a slow glowing dream that your fear seems to hide deep inside your mind all alone Silent ears full of pride In a world made of steel, made of stone
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Talk Nuffle podcast where Mark and I are going to discuss Britannians in a league setting. And wait, Mark, wait, I have to do this on every segment before we go into it. Let me just get this right. For the lady. For the lady. Agree?
1: Always for the lady. Always for the lady. <laughs>
0: Because that's that's the thing about the birds. If you're not for the lady and you're not willing to have a bit of theatricals to your playstyle, I would say that this is not the team for you. you. Go and fucking play humans. Go and play dwarfs or something bo- like boring. You know, just there's no point. You've got to be for the lady and have the theatrics and the
1: fun. You you've got to embrace the thing or, or, or don't bother. Basically, has to be. Yeah.
0: I would agree. So league setups. Before we go into league builds and how you would develop your players, Mark, let's talk about your ideal 1 million TV starting build, Mark. And you've taken Burt's twice now because you're a fucking masochist,
1: right? <laughs> you've taken Berts twice in the DBL. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think quickly before we Love start, you let's always start. Brett's you know, you were talking about tiers earlier. In a tournament, they're a solid tier two. Totally right. Maybe you could be tier one. But I think in a league setting, when they start with no skills, yikes! It's pretty rough. <laughs> it's, it's not. It's not like you're taking Yngol you know, or a team that's really poor. You know, it still has cool things that it can do, but you've got to be very like aware that it's going to be tough. The first three or four games are going to be rough. You're not like a human team that's got the catch and the the dodge and the the you know block across the team, and you don't have a big ogre. You are just bare bones and the knights are good like we were just saying but it's tough to start with yeah it
0: goes it goes back to that thing i'd say is that they're a flare team you've got to be willing to take risks with because the humans you know the humans are really really good early on and you know people bash them but Mm -hmm. but and they're different they're they're not as good as the orcs and we'll we'll go into this in a future Mm podcast but they've got the shorthand starting skill they've got dodge starting skill, they've got catch, which the birds do do, but they've got catch, starting skill, and block. The birds have only got two of those really, really good starting skills, so the humans do it all, they do all the re-rolls, they do the reliability shit, which is what they're good at early on. The birds have only really got that block on the night's catch that you might use, no passing that the humans have got as well, and no sure hands. So, you know, they've got good shit to start with, but they've not got the reliable shit, they've got the flare stuff, which
1: yeah. is cool. And you can really, the team can really suffer from a few casualties as well early on because you need to develop the players. You need to try and score with all the knights, which we'll chat about when we talk about the levelling up in a bit. But before we go into it, I'll just go through some different builds and things I've tried and things that I've found really good. So the go. obvious one, the first one you would think of considering would be uh, max AG3, which is a, is a key. Trying to limit the amount of peasants you've got is hugely important. So the first build is four knights, 440k, two yeomen, five peasants. That's your 11 players. And then only two rerolls because it's just so expensive to get all those first six positionals. So that's probably the first build you might try out. But I wouldn't go for this just because of the two rerolls isn't enough. You need more. But as we discussed earlier, 70k rerolls makes it really tough to get everything that you want. So you trust you trust can then start to bring in more peasants to make it so you can get more of those things. So the field that I've tended to go with more often than not, when I've just been testing and trying them out, there's been four knights, one yeoman, seven peasants, which actually gets you 12 players. So you've got a little bit of a bench because those peasants are going to die. But you also get three rerolls, which for me, if you're smart, three rerolls should last you a whole half. Um, that tends to work quite well. You've got the extra guy, you've got five guys with the agility, and you've also got the four knights from the beginning. Um, so that's my, probably the best starting roster. And then the alternative one that I've tried out as well. Um, feel free to chip, chip in with your thoughts, but the alternative one is about getting the apothecary from the start. Because if this team loses players, they're 110k. Uh, these guys you may not give them out enough cash to rebuy them um and you want to be sort of having your knights alive for as long as possible keeping them safe and then using your cash to buy extra yeomen. and you want to keep that apo for the knights so this starts you off with only three knights but you get two yeomen, six peasants the three re-rolls and the apothecary so you get a little bit of longevity. So for maybe the longer leagues where you know well, I'm gonna eventually get that hundred and ten K by the fourth night, you might go for this build. And there's always that risk if it maybe a game or two games until you get the Apo if you don't have it from the start. So it's an interesting one. Well, they do have different ways of building them. Um you can of course have no yeoman and go for four rerolls or go for extra peasants to get the bigger bench. Uh but I find that more A G 3 is better than Peasants, in general, I'd rather have one yeoman. Uh, one. I do,
0: I do have a fourth build, Mark, because mm. you know I'm this bloodthirst hero that we all know and love. <laughs> Absolutely. 16 we They're talking about the AG three. Now, I'd like to, I'd like you to consider this. Oh, I've worked this out, and this com this gives you uh, twelve players mm-hmm. and the apothecary from the start. And I'd like to caveat this up front, listeners, with the fact that I've championed all the way through this the thematic fun shit about Blood Bowl. So if you're looking at that style of play, wouldn't suggest this because, that, and, and, and again, how I would play, like I'm more about taking the fun shit and being thematic yeah. in my Blood Bowl as well as competitive. So I, I wouldn't caveat this with that. And I think the Marks builds are better for that style of play. But you can also do this. You can take just the two knights to start with, which means you can fit all four blockers, six linemen, three re-rolls, and the apothecary. So what that gives you is six Mm -hmm. players up front with the agility three, and you've got six linemen, You've got one on the bench, so you can start fouling straight off the bat if you want to do that fouling play with the peasant, and that is a thematic build. You've got 12 players, you could do that. You've got the Apothecary to protect those two knights, Mm -hmm. and your first, you know, pick over the, uh, in a DBL setting, eight, nine games, you're going to get at least one knight, probably two over those eight, nine games with the Apothecary protection. Your two knights are going to be really effective. You're going to have one built as a ball carrier, and one built as a sacker, you know, kind of runner, kind of kind of player Mm -hmm. and those four blockers are going to be there and I think uh, and uh, the builds you've suggested Mark if you actually think competitively talking about that agility 3 all of your builds have got five mine's got six Mm -hmm. mine's got six agility 3 players we're still movement 6 in that human kind of setting Um, and sadly non-thematically I think it's actually really effective like if you really think about it those six players up
1: front with agility 3 the two knights 12 players So my only issue with it is, and like, and as from using Brex is that that movement seven makes a big difference. So you're only going to have two speedy guys. Um, Yeoman, yes, they can dodge away on the freeze, which still isn't great. But my, I think if it's a short league, it's like four, five, six games. You've probably got a winner there because you, you know, you, you 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 might get the third night, but. You're gonna have these two superstars, you're gonna have all the extra guys, and you'll be able to do a lot of fouling and do stuff you wouldn't normally be able to do. Um and 110k, you might you might get that in two games. And in the DBL, you might even get it in one game. Crikey, sometimes you roll pretty high rolls. (laughs) So it it depends on what you're in. It depends on what you're in. I can see how I can see benefits to it. My only issue is is that you know you've got wrestle instead of block, which is kind of a backup for those bad dice rolls. Um, like I said, you should always be trying to block with the knights next step yeoman, but sometimes the wrestle will, you'll need to use it because you, you know, not got rerolls and you need to say reroll sort or of other things. And suddenly your line's broken and you've got a big gaping hole. Um, because you can't rely on the peasants to do all the dirty work because they're rubbish. Um, and if, yeah, I, if I
0: would agree with that, but I mean, but I mean, what what team comes with straight off the bat six players with your wrestle or your block which are your re- mm. reliable blocks like you know it, it, it the odds come into it but what team off the bat comes with that six wrestle mm. or block yes yeah. i agree you get you you get your gaps in your line but if you play well you're going to use spend because you've got six five fenders on the pitch one on the bench yeah. to control that space um and i i think off the bat there is no there, like and that is the thing i would say about this again up front, not thematic. I would go for Knights straight up, and I wouldn't commend this as a team that's thematic and blood bowl related, um, because I think the Knights are the guys who are going to do all the punch here, and that's why you play Bretonians. Yes. But if you're going competitive, and actually if you really think about it, six wrestle block players off the bat, nobody else gets that. And yeah. you've got those two Dauntless guys as well. I just think, I just mm-hmm. think it, it actually really works, sadly. like I think if you tried that, even in a DBL season, and I don't know you haven't, Mark, because you took... Did you take the four-night build in both of yours with two... do you take two we-rolls for your two uh, games? I was just interested.
1: I think I took uh, the four-night, one Yeoman build. First season. Okay. And, and then the added the one. Yeoman after. Yeah, added Yeoman after. The second season, I went three nights, two yeomen, and the Apo. And that... Kickoff.
0: And that's the interesting thing about the DBL, isn't it, actually, which is that, and we spoke about this with Phil last time, the big difference between the ECBBL and the DBL, and actually the DBL between a lot of leagues. And I fucking love the DBL because I think it's so much fun in the conference stages where it actually (laughs) really doesn't matter that much because you've got eight games where you're playing with your mates. It's a lot of fun. And if you're good at Blood Bowl, you're probably going to... Going to qualify, and we had the ridiculous situation in the uh, in the Exiles this year, which was great, and I I really enjoyed because I thought it was quite funny where there were some really really good players in one conference, so you know some people just got completely shafted. Um, but that that will happen. But yeah. in general, the way the DBL style is is those first eight games are. If you're a really good player and you really want to qualify for the DBL knockouts, you're going to, no matter what, so you're trying to build your team. So then you would take the four nights because you want to try and develop those nights. But if you're in the ECBBL, which is either 10 to 12 games where every fucking game really matters, and a lot of leagues are like this, you've got to win games. Like it's just Mm. just a fact. Um, Taking those six up front. Wrestle block players is going to help you win games straight off the bat, yeah. um, and I think Britannians going for that flair is fun, but <laughs> like not necessarily effective. So that that's my takeaway for the listeners is that actually I personally think, and I have I will caveat this, with I haven't played it. Um, I've just theoried it that I personally think um, theory hammer. Uh, six off the bat wrestle block players is really fucking good and actually taking the four wrestle dudes and the two block mm. is going to give you that reliability off the bat and it's something that I really want to try and it's something that I will do no, like I'm not here first yeah, in no, the next I'm, I'm couple of years and I'll give it a go
1: I think there's lots of ways to build them, actually, off the bat. There's probably those four. There's probably another one where you just have one night, but to be honest, I think that's getting a bit silly. Yeah, I think you do want <laughs> oh, you, you can take the Sir Robin team. We take peasants and Sir yeah. Robin from Monty Python. We okay. I mean, go brave, brave, brave,
0: brave, Sir Robin. There was a guy okay. in
1: the UU last year who had all the uh, – there's a miniatures company that actually makes miniatures that are the Monty Python characters, and he's got the team. <laughs> and all the yeomen are like uh, – obviously, the knights are the – you know, several Robin and yes, uh, uh Lance a lot. Uh I think the Yeoman, I like the other Knights, the kind of, in the background. And then, uh, I think it was the Knights of Knee for his, um, you know, his peasants. And- oh, it was great. Cracking team. Uh, yeah, I think it was well. I think that's And
0: that's Again, for listeners, I mean, Mark, you would agree. I mean, that's what we would caveat here on Talking is doing the fun, that fluffy shit. The, yeah. The stuff that's fun and the stuff that you enjoy. I mean, yeah, if you enjoy knights, that's, I think that's my key takeaway before we go into the players themselves in a league setting, is that if you enjoy knights and you know laughing down on your peasants and catch and dauntless and let's be a fucking douchebag, then you're going to take Burt's. And if you don't enjoy that, go and take another team because there are other teams that do that. So, that, I mean, that's the key takeaway, isn't it, Mark? Absolutely. Yeah. So... As befits this team, I think Mark, we should do the knights first.
2: You agree? Absolutely, what, knights
0: first. I think that's yeah. um, So I think I think there's sort of um, a few builds you can go for this. I mean, there's, they fucking do it all. And before you talk, mm-hmm. because it's my podcast, I'm going to talk there because you know that that's my style. Uh, Phil got that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there, there's a few different builds. There's like <laughs> there's like your runner build. Where you're gonna look at your blodging shorthands kind of player. Um there's your blitzer build where you're gonna look at and and I think up front mark we can say that dodge is one of your first skills straight up. Because it, you need blodging night don't you? Yeah.
1: It it helps out. I mean the moment that you can get blo- uh, dodge onto one of those guys, you'll you'll the, 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 the games just become easier. Like I was saying, it gets really tough at the start. Play this team and then the moment you get dodge, it becomes so much easier. Um yeah. yeah, so there's, there's the blitzer dude who gets dodged first, but, but you're looking also for your tackle,
0: mm. strip ball, things like that, so you can really get the ball down, and really you're hoping for the... And you will, against. and this is the other strength mark against taking those four knights up front. You're probably going to get a double at some point, and you want that mighty yeah. blow, so you yeah. can, I can kill people on the blitzer. Yeah. And then the last guy I'd say is, like for me, there's like a sort of more defender kind of build, um, mm-hmm. who's again gonna blodge but he's gonna take things like sidestep and diving tackle and guard and stuff that can he can sit in the backfield. But yeah. so he's he's like a he's a guy you take as a as a, a luxury because you've got you've got the blockers to do that. So my two up front in a short league as well for the D B L you're gonna look at the runner dude and you're gonna look at the guys who are gonna fucking kill shit,
2: aren't mm-hmm. you?
1: Yeah, so, so I normally build two I normally build two to do the dodging and a lot of the ball handling. Um they'd have to dodge, then they can get things like jump up which is excellent for them, being movement seven. Oh, lovely. It's it's agility skill. Jump up's fantastic. Uh, Sidestep agility skill as well. So you can give them things that just make them really annoying, really annoying, especially with with bludge. So they're just fantastic at getting the ball with catch. That's the thing as well. They can be handed off to you'll use one ball carrier to get the ball. Could be a yeoman, could be your elf in the backfield, star players, handing off three plus with a reroll, off they run. Um, with the dodges, they're hard to bring down. That agility access makes it. It's not just dodge. It's everything else that comes with it. Um, so for me, they just become a nuisance, those two. And they become normally the often the scorers uh, early on. And they normally be the knights that you've had from the beginning <laughs> as well, the ones you've done best from the beginning. And then, as you said, anybody who does roll a double, you want to hope that it's your kind of tackle, sort of strip ball, Night, and then the kind of skills you want to go for on the next one. Uh, if you can get, can get dodge as well, great, but it's not always the be all and end all for him I wouldn't go for dodge on all of them because you'll miss out on, you know, decent skills. You probably want, as I said, as we said, two. Then as you said, tackle, strip ball, uh, mighty blow if you can roll the double, um, stand firm maybe if you rolls the double, movable guard as well, uh, but it's just, yeah, they're fantastic. But in the fourth one, as you said, could be anything, but the fourth one could be turned into a passer because they do have passing access. So you could do, because you've got mass catch, you can turn the fourth night into an actual sort of ball tracker, grabs the ball, pass, can pass it forward. So it's kind of, you could do that. I don't know what you go for. What, accurate maybe, pass? dodge maybe something like that just to kind of give them a thing i don't know what you think on that
0: yeah i I would agree i i just think you're and this is one of the things that comes in is there's kind of three for me there's three builds there's like a there's more of a dbl setting which is for me is a bit of a shorter league because you're gonna have to be competitive after eight nine games yeah and then there's like a, a normal league which is more of the ecbbl setting which is kind of normally, and there's a perpetual league where you're looking for your knights at four or five skills, so it's like yeah. a, so, yeah. so it's a completely different setting, and, and people play to different, different play styles, but you definitely, definitely need that runner off the bat with blodge, hands, probably blodge, shorthand, sidestep and then you're looking at, you know, like fence um, short feet those sorts of things to get them out of, out of dodge and stuff like that yeah. um, and, and I think your, run, your runner build is integral to the team because as I said up front in a weird way in a competitive build I actually and Mark and I will debate this a bit more later when we talk about tactics in the next 10-15 minutes or so um, I think the blockers are really integral to that blocking play style being a take stand firm and guard and stuff and stop people getting to your knights yeah. um, and I would only take two, I'd, I'd in a competitive setting only take a couple of knights early on because I think that's the way Burt's play best uh, maybe with Mighty Zug um, mm-hmm. And we disagree. That's fine. That's really good for this podcast. Um, and um, and then the Blitzer build is, is also really good. But the Blitzer build for me isn't about getting the ball. He's about killing shit. So he wants tackle, Like tackle's good. Drip ball's good to get the ball, because he's quick. And mm-hmm. he can get around people and take that ball away. But he wants mighty blow and piling on like nothing on earth. And you know. Yeah. And apparently the original Britannian team had strength on the Knights, which I think would make them tier one. They oh, have strength yeah. because all the knights. Yeah. The original knights had strength and not agility. They were more mm. like human blitzers, and actually they're so much better because they're mighty blow guard piling on off the bat, and they'd be just really. But again, yeah. not thematic.
2: No. But yeah,
0: if no, you get right. those doubles, a mighty blow knight is amazing because you got that mighty yeah. blow guy to punch the shit out of people. It's awesome
1: with block and normally tackle because you definitely have tackle
0: yeah. on that guy. Yeah, and dauntless. And dauntless is good in that you, you can go and hunt people like you know yeah. it's just
1: it's Not just ridiculous and,
0: and I think you know carry on Mark here.
1: I just say nobody's safe with a player like that.
0: <laughs> nobody's <laughs> I
1: safe. No, no I
0: mean, and I, and I, yeah, and I love the knights. I think uh, I just think it's a it's a shame because thematically you really, really want loads of them. And Mark's done really well. Mark's got to the fucking Dbl finals. You know, with a catch, but he's got to DBL finals with Berts. He's done well with Berts, and he's he's made it far. And Berts work well. But I I think that with Berts, sadly, you only need a couple of nights to start with, and you build up to the three or four controversially, mm. and you start with those four blockers with wrestle guard stand firm and shitloads of peasants providing the fend to really block people coming through. Because you because for me, the way they're going to do that is to control the space. They can't get away from people. They, they, they're going to beat Elves up anyway, but they can't get away from orc. They can't get away from Chaos. They can't get away from North. But if you control that space, you're going to control it really well. And sadly, listeners, for me, the, the Knights aren't as effective at doing that as the other players. They're there as your finesse players. And you almost only like almost for me, and we'll move on to them now, the blockers, if you could get six, the Berts would be better. You could have six or seven blockers and get two knights. Yeah. and and Mike, you don't have to agree. We'll we'll talk about it, but 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 I just think that uh, the blockers are so good. So we'll we'll move on to them now. Uh, you have content to move on from the knights to the blockers?
1: Yeah, The no, only thing I say on the knights is I think you might. I don't know if you're right that they're not good at blocking off things. I think they're actually the best players to run down as a bunch. They tend to be the cage or the the you know they're the the support to the guy who's got the ball. Um, the Yeomen are just as good. But yeah, I think two nights means you're going for a sort of two-man show. But you got four yeah, of them, and they just become a game I mean, of nights and just become a nightmare to get rid of, which is quite fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, four, four nights is amazing. It's just mm-hmm. it's just what I would say in a in a shorter league, particularly. And you build up to more nights. They cost 110k. Mm. And the the blitzers are only seventy. So so you want those numbers, and you want to try and foul people off the pitch, and build up those corridors, and like do that. And that that's how I would play it. So and that, and that's what, I think Mark plays what I would you know push forward as the way to play Burtz, And if you want to play Berts, do that style because take nights, play by the seat of your pants, you know, mm. kind of play the flare and look for those openings and try and try and win games like that and I think that's the way to and it's not a bad way to do it it's an effective way to do it and if I was going to play Burt I would want to do that I'm just giving the listeners like an idea of a, a like shitty grindy way to play Burt who were yeah. actually built as a bash team and kind of is an effective way to do them
1: almost like a fouling team a team that's going to smash stuff foul stuff yeah. play the nasty game yeah yeah Yeah. totally totally, and that's
0: my totally build, is, like, start with stuff. Start with 12 players probably, and you've got, so, so my build listeners, and we're, we're about to move into blockers, and we're gonna, and I'm not going to bash on at this because I, I want to really push forward Mark's way to play Burt's properly because that's how you should do it. You should start with three to four knights, and I'll keep hammering that home. But if you want to be com- like really competitive and annoy your mates and play a really annoying Burt's team, Like you start with those 12 players and only two knights. You've got the Apo off the bat. Your first buyer is probably another peasant. And then your second buy is then saving up for the night and you've got thirteen players and then your your third night is the fourteenth player and you're fouling people every turn and it's fucking irritating. <laughs> like yeah. like um, and we'll talk a little bit more in a minute. We'll talk more about general tactics. We'll we'll go into that mark. I'm just I'm just giving the listeners and I'll keep hammering at home because they're listening and you know, they're probably I mean, yeah. Dan Telford is probably painting some beautiful Norse at the moment. Uh, it's not beautiful; he's a shit painter. Uh, but he's probably painting some beautiful Norse at the moment, um, and I'm happy to waffle on about it. Uh, I think the way to pay Blurt, play Blurt, is to take lots of nights because that's why you would do them. But here's just an alternative way and a competitive way to do it. So moving into the blockers, who again, and it's interesting because Mark would only take one of these off the bat but they're really effective players Mark and you, and I know you didn't take one initially but I know you one wouldn't agree two. about this they're a fucking two.
2: effective
0: yeah. 70k we've gone through it but they're 70k human linemen 20k for 20k more you get that wrestle mm-hmm. but you also get strength access I mean before you speak Mark and I'll give you I'll give you all a moment in the sun in a minute uh, the blockers mm-hmm. I mean I think they're the backbone of your team I mean fucking cherish them a high level blocker to me, and, and this is why this podcast is great, because we're having a debate, is better, is worth more than a high-level knight. They're the ones that are going to allow you to actually be bashy. They're going to hold the line. You're probably going to build them all the same. You just need their first two skills straight away. You're going to get guard, and you're going to get stand firm, so you can really push people around into that into those pen traps and into that mighty blow that you're then going to build in, and um, and, and that's, and, and you know, I hear you, Mark. I mean, like, why the fuck would you take stand firm? I just think, uh, Mark, I can and Mark is like kind of rubbing the back not of his head. Great, is like, uh, yeah, I don't know. The you know for me aren't that great. They're
2: not Mark that
0: great. Played, I Mark's played Bertz, and, and, and actually, you know, listeners, I would say, I'm going to give Mark his moment in the sun in a minute because Mark is, Mark is the uh, expert on this. But I'd just say stand firm for me is key here. You know, Berts control the pitch with Fens and the sidestep on the night. But blockers really push people into those traps with the stand firm. And I know wrestle isn't the best for a guard piece, but you have to learn yeah. where to put them so that if your opponent blocks them, they need to block those players, especially the guard players, and wrestle you know, can keep them from getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the blockers predominantly stay near the knights. I'd usually position them in like a kind of tight screen near the you know, loose screen behind the peasants, the cage corners behind that knight who's doing the runner. And on defense, I'd usually engage a couple to help the peasants block their markers um, and the other two will stay back to do that sacking and wait for the opponent to commit before charging. I just think Stand Firm helps you defend the sidelines and makes a wonderful piece behind the peasants when defending, you know, in elf-style columns, essentially. Mm. And, and again, listeners, Mark's about to tell you the real way to play but I'm just giving an alternative playstyle to, like, how <laughs> I think they competitively and annoyingly can, could play. This, hey, is this is the thing.
1: So you, that you, you're, you're, you're a very knowledgeable guy on Blood Bowl, so I'm not going to, uh, rubbish anything you say because it, it, it makes sense. There's definitely ways you could use what you're saying. However, I do not think that a yeoman's better than a knight in any, any, any way. Um, there's no way. They are good, but they are effectively human alignment wrestle and they are useful, but you know, there you're always a couple of them falling over from disaster more often than not. They are decent players in terms of guard is absolutely fake the on them. Um, if you can get one with guard, but as you said, it's as we've said already, it, it kind of doesn't work with wrestle because all it takes is someone with block to hit them and then you're, you're down. Or even if they are hit on both down, you're going to wrestle them because you can't afford them to die because the armour in this team is so low. You're going to go, oh, we'll wrestle. There are some situations where you might not, but I always think, you know, they are decent. They're decent. Don't get me wrong, but they're better than bloody peasants, that's for sure. If you could have sixteen of yeah. them, I would. I mean, um, I, yeah,
0: I would agree, Mark. I mean, I, I'm just you're you're absolutely right that their big weakness is wrestle. So if you can take them fucking down, you can take them down. Um, yeah, but then it's and, not it's not necessarily
1: and, a, a necessarily a weakness because I've found that Bretts are a really good defensive team. It seems like they're going to be a really yeah. good team to just. Throw the ball up and dance away with it and score. They won't early on because they really struggle because they don't have those skills that we were talking about with the Knights. Um, You need those skills on the Knights to get it. Those first three, four games is all about defending, stopping your opposite, stopping your opposition from killing you and stopping your opposition from scoring. And these guys we wrestle have that ability to take down your Dodgers, your Orcas that the, other, the rest of the team can't, so you kind of can't do so well. Um, and also they're just very frustrating. People will go and hit them and get the both down with a block and suddenly that dark elf blitzes on the floor where they don't want them. Um, it's a bit like fend. It can be very frustrating and the two together is very good, Just why, excuse me, the two of them together make, make it really good fun to defend against things, but it's tough. I, I can see why stand firm could work, but with Armour Eight, they get smashed down more often than not, they're in trouble. I think on Yeoman, those are they're also the kind of players you could go for tackle, things like that. Tackle and wrestle together. Really nice combination. Yeah, absolutely. Um that's what I've tended to go for. And knowing they're normally wrestling tackle, if you get another skill up, you go for mighty blow. The issue the yeoman has is getting in the SPP. That's that's a huge problem. Because you very rarely score. With yeah, your... I agree. Your knights are always the guys you want to be handing off to. They are ag free so it's totally doable. So they're always a backup, but more often than not, they're hankering down the other players, taking the hits, uh, screening off the knights so they can just leg it because of that movement. Seven's just gold. Um, but yeah, you, I think if you were going to go for what you want to go, if you're, what you're this sort of discussing, two knights, four Yeoman. And you wanted to go for this team that's just nasty, gritty, does lots of fouling, lots of blocking, really tough to break down. You'd go for stand firm. You could even go for things like fixed skull just to keep them on the pitch if you really wanted to think about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, that's that's, 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 totally doable. It'd be a totally different team, which is quite an interesting view on it, in my opinion. Uh, because, you I mean, one, at-
0: of, one of the really interesting things I put to you is that, um, one of the great things about the blockers is they're, 70k, mm. and they're effectively a human lineman. I mean, I know wrestles not traditionally great on a guard piece. Mm. Um, you got to learn, you know, where to put them. So if your opponent blocks them, they've got to they've got to block them with their good players. Like that's what you've got to make, and you've got four of them, so you can you can line them up in those places. Um, but if your opponent's blocking them with his good players, they're probably going to be his guard players. Like if they're in, if they're in the right place, because you've got four of them, mm-hmm. um, and if an opponent's guard piece is on the ground with your guard piece, with the wrestle, then the situation's in your favour, yeah. um, since you've imballi- invalidated his guard effectively. So yeah. it, it's, I, I just think if you if you really think about it like that, and you've got four dudes who are going to get guard stand firm straight off the bat, you're playing against like orcs, yeah, you know, things like that, mm-hmm. where they're going to be putting guard on the black orcs and guard on the orcs or mm-hmm. particularly dwarves, actually, where they've got guard and all of those upfront strength three pieces. <laughs> they're putting people on the ground. You've got wrestle. The situation yeah. is going to be in your favor in that grind mm-hmm. battle. Um, and again, listeners, rats, I wouldn't play them as a grind team. I think they're fun, flair, try and do it not like that. But if you're going to do it in this competitive grind play style, this is absolutely... A, um, a competitive way to do them and a valid, a a valid way
1: to play them. But I also, I mean, you say it's competitive. It is a competitive, grindy, dirty way to play them potentially. Because as you said, with the stand firm and the wrestle, so much of it, it means that it's much easier to foul decent pieces as well. So you can wrestle people down and then foul them. So it's totally, I totally understand where you're coming from, but I don't think it's right to say that that's only competitive. I think that Fortnite is way more competitive than this, this kind of team. And I, what you're saying is totally cool. I think it's really interesting. I'd love to try it like a gritty, nasty team. Because I always find with Brecht's, and it may apply to this as well, because they just die in droves. You don't really have the opportunity to do much fouling. It's the honest truth. But if you could get a situation where you've got a team that maybe doesn't die as quickly, because you've got more armor on, on the pitch from the start, and you can start fouling people off, but then the issue is if it all goes wrong and you roll two doubles in a row and you've lost two players and you've not even hurt them, it can go completely the other way and suddenly you've got it, you're up against it. And Brett teams tend to die faster the further down they go, <laughs> basically. Yeah. I think that... And I would, I would, yeah, carry
0: on. I would carry out that again, listeners. Listen to Mark. Play the flair style. Play the Knights because it's good fun. I'm just giving a, giving an alternative viewpoint and I think I think, I think it'd be... Again, I haven't tried this, like I've only theoried this, and I'd be quite interested for the listeners to go and give it a go. Mm. I think there's two play styles to do the Britannia. There's the fun, flair theme that I would recommend that Mark is extolling with passion. That's the Knights. There's the four Knights, one Yeoman, and three Re-Rolls,
1: correct? Uh, Four Knights, one Yeoman, Yeah, four or one, or three and two, um, with the six, which gives you the apo. Well, it is fun, but it is I mean, it is
0: still competitive. So I wouldn't say it's not competitive. Yeah, Definitely no, I'd absolutely agree. No, yeah. I I wouldn't disagree at all. I just think I think if you actually really think about it in like a lower league one where you've got the mm. more A G three and the more armor value up front and the propensity to foul, there's an argument there. And and, oh, no, and, yeah, and we'll move totally on right. now to the totally right. to, to to the pivot.
1: Yeah. Which
0: uh which for me are <laughs> one of the most hilarious fun Silly. it's like when you talk about the halflings you get there and they're like they're kind of shit but they're lots of fun they're thematic they're blood bowl and that's one of the things isn't it this is a fan-made team but peasant fucking great yeah. the you know we talked about it already They move six agility three um uh, sorry strength three agility two and armor seven so they're shit with fens. but you know pretty straightforward i mean they're literally there to get hit mm-hmm. get in the way um, they're useful to screen your way to the end zone, let your knights really punch through and do the damage, um, probably position them in some sort of loose screen uh, with blockers in like a formation right behind them so they can get people coming through. Yeah. Um, and they'll die
1: a lot. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They get mangled. They really do. But as you, exactly as you said, they're fantastic. You put them on the line, they take the hits instead of your knights. In defense, you set them up in front of your knights and inexpensive players so that no blitz can come through and hit them. They're just, they're just fodder. There's no other word for them. But if you level up any of them, which you probably won't, but if you do, well done. First skill would be kick, I think. On a peasant. Yeah, sure. Because you might not want to waste kick on a yeoman or a knight. So you'd probably think, well, if I've got a peasant who oh, I can keep on the pitch, you don't put him on a defensive drive. Sorry, an offensive drive. Wrong way around. You keep him in the back and he does, he does the kick and if he dies, he dies. And then I guess in your, for your team, there's any other level ups is probably a dirty player, right?
0: Yeah. For my team, it'd be probably dirty player or at least one or two and then block. Um, and again, it's like, Most of the listeners will think, in a competitive setting, fucking hell, take Block on an Armour 7 player. Most people take Wrestle. That's often, you know, thralls and things like that is what people Mm. take. But we've got so much Wrestle in the Burt team. So you Mm. want Block, because think about, you know, what are they there to do? Mm. They're literally there to tie up players, screen, Uh, Block achieves the goal way better than Wrestle. It allows you to tie up players. Uh, Even two, um, if Nuffle helps you, um, will also help your loose screen save the other players from rolling them both down. I mean, dirty players are must, as you say, um, since your strength access players you know, have wrestle, so you're not yeah. going to fucking punch them down the block. You don't you're really you're going to rely on a gang foul to grind that player advantage often. Yeah. Like, if you really want to get a player advantage, unless you roll the double in there on the night, um, and, and you've said mighty blow on the blockers, absolutely on a later skill, but even you, Mark, wouldn't take that early on, would you? You'd be going for the guards early on, probably, in the, in the, the
1: wrestlers? Lockers, yeah, for sure. Go, normally on one yeah. or two of them and then turn one of them into like a real ball sacker so, with a so, tackle. So actually, yeah. absolutely,
0: for you dirty player early on, and I know probably not the first two or three games, but certainly once you're getting that player advantage, you got 12, 13 players with some extra peasants, you're going to want to try and battle people off because yeah. it's a really good player to grind yeah. people down. So dirty players, great. Yeah, I think there's not many
1: options for the peasants and that's definitely one of them. Um, I think they'd be good. Yeah, definitely very good. One thing that really comes has come to my brain actually, just thinking about. I saw a team build for Britons where what you do is you max out fend and wrestle. So you, the yeoman, their first level up fend, and the peasants first level up wrestle. So you just go fend and wrestle across the board. Kind of a little bit in the vein of what you were thinking. That's how I would maybe develop the team with your your setup. Is you just go.
2: Fucking annoying. Very
1: frustrating <laughs> to you. Well, you can imagine how frustrating it would be to play, right? Just couldn't get any of them down. You can't push them away. It would be a nightmare. That's what people have, um, yeah. No. Kind of suggested before. Just Cause mass fend, as you said, is a nightmare, but imagine mass fend and mass wrestle. Be horrendous. It'd be very yeah. difficult to break down. I mean,
0: yeah, I would absolutely agree, Mark. And and again, listeners, for the fourth or fifth time, i caveat, the way I would want to play Burt's is the fun, flair way of taking more knights and building up with your blockers and peasants later. Um, I just think there's another way to play them in this more gritty play style. And actually, there is like, a as we've discussed, a Sir Robin kind of build, where you maybe you take more blockers and play a more gritty, annoying build where you take fewer knights. I, just, I, I don't think it competitively works with one knight. I've tried to do that before, like just peasants chair and try and do that i think you need at least the two um but i think two to three nights early on and more players is what i would go for um whereas mark and and this is actually what i would support like in terms of how you should play it's more nights early on because the nights are the stars the nights are the oh you want to play and actually when we get into tournaments maybe mark will will disagree because actually getting more players in and then getting stars is cool as well because birds are about the flair and actually, sacrificing one night to get flare is acceptable in a Burt team.
1: Totally. I'd love to see people try so your list, though. All, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it <laughs> try. I want to see it. So, yeah. anybody who uh, tries it out, let Tom know on his Twitters or whatever it is you're on, <laughs> and then he can let you know how yeah, it went. Twitters always
0: pace You can pace on the DVL Twitter, the Mark runs, or on on at t-l-o-y-n the the oh no it's changed now we've changed it to talk nuffle at talk nuffle um which is great because i've realized that twitter can do that um but it's not it'll be on the um the thing for the podcast let us know the stuff that you've done with birds because it's all it's all good fun isn't it absolutely yeah i mean talking about quick quick league tactics general tactics before you move into tournament builds mark um well, I'd say for the offense, you know, it's kind of, you know, two ways you can practice the offense and the defense for the mm-hmm. Burt. Um, for the offense, again, running team. So if you're going to receive first or the score's tied at half time, so you've got, you managed to close out that nil-nil um, or you quick score for the 1-1, you're probably going to aim for an eight turns drive. Um, yeah. You, would you agree? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. Depends on who you're playing against, you know. Bret's they're, they're tough because as, as a you know the guy you obviously made them not didn't only realize but tried to build them to make this happen was that they are a glass cannon in some respects they are very weak and they're eating up so you can try and do an eight turn drive but you might not survive it <laughs> that's the that's the problem i think <laughs> I find you will especially early on you'll you'll struggle to keep the numbers up because their yeah, bash teams will break you down. Um, and you may have to score turn five, but then you have the, the, the toolbox to defend. Not all teams do, I sometimes find, especially against like elves and things like that. Brex have the skills to shut down elves a little bit, which is quite nice. It's not great scoring against elves or giving elves any turns to score, but if you've got a team that can stop them, Brex are pretty good at it. Uh, just cause of their speed and the skills they have. But, you know, eight turn drive. If you can do it, go for it. But you might start to suffer. And I think when you when you need to realise with Brett's is when they are suffering, and you're like the knockouts are coming in and casualties are coming. In, it's like right, time to score, time to get out of this pickle, get back on the pitch, and yeah, try and because uh, otherwise it can go really bad really quick, and you don't want to be going into the next game. Yeah, I with no I players.
0: if if I if I could, I'm thinking about that. So I'd probably um, I probably try and keep it. Not, not like back, like, back, back, like elves. Like, I'd probably try and keep it in my half, though, for the first half of the half. So I'd, you know, first sense, keep the ball out of reach. Mm-hmm. You know, not at the end of your half like you would with elves. Like, you know, like high elves will keep it right at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, keep it in the middle of your cage and, and keep your peasants there trying to fend people away. Um, and, you yeah, know, try and, you know, see what your opponent's doing and disrupt their offense and try and hit people, try and hurt them. And again, with the mighty blow, if you've got it, with the fouls, if you've got the numbers, those sorts of things. It's kind of a traditional bash team. If you're playing a full-on bash team, you've got to take some risks and move around them. But if you're playing Ls or anything like that, you're definitely going to try and almost out-bash them yeah. in the first half of the first half before pushing in the second half of that half. And yeah.
1: As you say, if you can get numbers up, then you can start doing the fouls, you know, which is, this, this is what you want to do is you get numbers up to get further numbers up. And that's, they'll be doing the same against you, of course, because they can single out your peasants and they will. Mm. Because they're like, oh, you know, I'm a seven. Yeah. All right. Cause it's just an easy target, but you need to use them to defend your guys. So they do get hit. They will get, they will die, which is obviously what we were saying. They do disappear, but you need to try and get those numbers up quicker. I totally agree. Brett, you sit back, you try and find the way through. And then because they have catch, that handoff is gold. You stay around seven, six squares away from your intended scorer they'll try and move forward and you try and use the other knights to, to get forward and then when you're ready you can do the handoff to really slingshot out you know out of range effectively so you try and roll you always want to roll around your opponents as best you can yeah i mean
0: you'd be surprised isn't it a, a blodging potentially sidestepping knight hands, all that kind mm-hmm. of shit you don't need a full cage on him if you can if you can screen your opponent off with annoying fending peasants yeah. you, can, you can get around your opponent and and use use those skills to your advantage, can't you?
1: Yep. And that's where Pen's great, on the corners of cages, because as we said earlier that fence skill can be really frustrating for your opponents um, and on the screens, because suddenly they can't just dodge through anymore, there's, there's, they, they've got to move around they can't do stuff that they normally would expect to do, and it also just means they need to make that extra move, so slower teams like your Nurgle or your Chaos or something, they might have to go for it now to get onto the ball carrier even after they've blitzed the corner of the cage and that might lead to a turnover, you know? Things like that and stops frenzy, which is really important. It's a great. There you go, it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> always, Good. always when kicking, the peasants can go, obviously not on the edge of the pitch, but they can go one in from the edge of the pitch where you would not normally go against, say, your Norse, your Corn, your, uh, who is it? Who else is it? Uh, Witch Elves. You know, you can really defending against the blitz that not other teams can, because normally you have to set up two in, otherwise you're saying goodbye to a player instantly as the witch elf blitzes are off. Yeah. And then they've also got the ball. But, yeah, tough. But you can at least do that with the peasants. They do cancel Frenzy, but they don't cancel the juggernaut, which is something I learned recently. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Learned. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's what I say on the offence. and. And the cool thing is that with the flare knights, you can, you can, you know, with caveats, do some more elfy bullshit that yeah. other teams can't. You have got speed, you got the catch, you got the flare shit, and, and once you've rolled some skill up, you have got side stepping and the blodging and all the catch kind of shit, You can, you can do, you can do two turn touchdowns easily with the speed that other teams can't. Um, not easily, so you, you can physically do this. and and it's and that's the cool thing about the Berts. Achieve that before you move on. To who need a yeah,
1: And also on our offense, you know, your re-rolls are key. That's why you want as many as you can possibly get. Three is really good. You want to keep them for them blocks you need to do with peasants because there's going to be a situation where you need to um, and you want them to keep them for dodging knights away when you need to, especially before they have dodge, and you want to keep them for those situations where you need to potentially throw the ball, uh, which you don't really want to be doing. If you can do the handoff, great. But also like go for it. Just do the handoff, which you might have to do just because of things haven't quite gone your way with the <laughs> running team. That's when the, that's when the rerolls are good, but re- using rerolls for dauntless, not a good idea. Using the rerolls for the block, probably a good idea. If you fail the dauntless, something I learned pretty yeah, early i agree with that.
0: You, you take the risk on the dauntless, then you? Usually just because yeah. you got block, so you take that risk, and see what happens.
1: Yeah. So reroll management is pretty important. And because they are so expensive, you ain't going to be getting any more. So. <laughs> ah, that's a good skill leader I is a good skill for Brett
0: yeah leader's great yeah and you can get them on a night and and again listeners one thing that Mark and I certainly agree on is that even though they're fucking expensive three re-rolls is almost a must for because you, you're going to use them so you really need to try and get those three re-rolls in any starting league build you do because you can buy the players later but you can pl- you need three
1: to play the game I think with yeah. Berts because they haven't got enough re-rolls to normally build, using them on dodges to get that dodge off yeah. that you need to score. Or that dodge off that you need to just complete the screen. Because you're gonna get outbashed by most teams, you're gonna get hurt, you're gonna be players down more often than not. So being able to just re-roll a dodge. And it will help you later on because then you get the S V P to get dodge, to get all those skills. So it's yeah, it's important. Yeah. Important to have. All and then right. finally
0: the defense on league play before we move on to the tournament. Yeah build in a minute what are your thoughts um, so, buddy? yeah i mean i uh, yeah i mean we discussed it already my thoughts are that on defense you um maybe maybe this is something you've been lacking in your plays so far mark i don't know but i okay, yeah. <laughs> i think that one of the keys for the defense of the bird team is you really need to fucking control the pitch mm-hmm. um you know usually you'd have some kind of l- I think you'd have some kind of loose screen of linemen right at the front to do that fending to get people out of your path and make sure that they're not coming to the places you want to. Assisted with those blockers with, with the Wrestle Fan Firm to, to control that space as well. And then have those two blockers and, for me, two blitzers, but you'd probably have your blockers and maybe more blitzers. And again, it kind of works. like it. The numbers aren't, aren't off, but, but, mm. but for me, those four players in reserve to react to any opponent moves that move against Bash you're going to need to free your lineman every turn. Otherwise, you're going to suffer casualties extremely quickly. Like against elves and stuff, you're going to be able to bully them a bit more. Um, but against bash, you really need to try and get those peasants out of dodge. Um, so just, you know, like having those wrestlers is going to be really important. And then, and, and, you know, we talk about that one-dice block. Don't be afraid to one-dice block with a peasant. Get them away, and actually, statistically, you're not, you're not... Mm-hmm. Unlikely to. You're more. You know, you've got more chance of getting away and not getting hit than you, you have not. If you're going to disrupt the opponent's formation, um, and it's interesting, the amount of times you put the, you put that foul in on your opponent's Black Orc, um, Norse Berserker, Wardancer, well if you can, but you know, any kind of higher level piece with a peasant, and you get one or two off in the first two, or three or four turns. Every person says, "Oh, I'm not going to respond to that. I'm not going to move." It. They will. If you start doing it and you're not rolling that double mm-hmm. and you've got players on the bench, they're going to go. out. Like, so you're yeah. going to start controlling that space. They're going to start trying to mark those people up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, I'd say the initial tactic is to try and push them to one side and make them commit. So this is against specifically a bash team because I think against the agility teams you're better. You can, you can out-bash them. Yeah. Um, against you I know, they score quickly. I think I think you've got elf teams personally, so I'm not gonna talk in depth about that here. But against the bash teams is where you're gonna really struggle. And you try and force them to go down one side where you then, you know, double stack bend against them. And what you have to do is what's the key here is you have to wait until they commit enough of their low movement pieces. So against orcs you're talking about black orcs, against dwarves, you know, their movement or linemen, um I'm trying to think, you know, Nurgle, you think of the Warriors, the low-movement yeah. pieces. Once they've committed those low-movement pieces into what they think is a good position to one side, mm. you block them off with your thin peasant and they, can't, they, they then can't switch. You've got enough stuff in their space, and, and you're always open to being diced and your peasant's dying. Um, mm. That's the thing that can happen. But you're trying to make them go to one side and stop them there yeah. so they haven't got enough time to move to the other side.
1: And you got the movement to do that as well. So you take, yeah, I I totally agree. Against against elves, it's not easy, but you do have the speed to deal with them. You're right, and uh you you would want to start basing stuff up and making them have to dodge really.
0: Yeah, contact it them whenever
1: you, can, you? Not, I mean, that's that's <laughs> an
0: elf. There's yeah, if you elf can like them, make them roll ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's tough because they they. I'll, I'll go into a little bit about how to beat Brett in a bit because I think it's quite simple way beat them up Unfortunately, for anybody listening but um <laughs> yeah you're right with the with the with the with cage stuff you want to get them so they feel you want to be able to be fluid and move and if you get too absorbed in you're doomed basically as you as you, as you say you want to stay away as much as possible the only issue is peasants are agility too so more often than not your free peasants on the line gets stuck in a horrible place amidst trolls and mummies and they never move very rarely they get up and can get away. And it's almost worth just leaving one on the floor to be a pain and then hopefully your opponent forgets about them and they can get up later. So really, you've only got eight players to use. but Because you're so fast, you want to stay off them. Only a square, stop them moving, and as you said, push them to one side. If they're smart, they'll just sit in the middle and rip you to pieces. So the way to, buy, you know, with breaths to defend, that's the best thing to do. Pillar up, peasants in front with pricey positionals behind and you want to just keep knocking away at the cage and there's normally a moment where, as you said, everybody's been pushed forward just far enough where they can't support. That's when you hit it and you'd maybe even, you know, try and just put some knights on the ball. Uh, maybe even peasants, to be fair. Maybe the knight who blitzed and a peasant, that means the two blocks are got to happen and then, you know, if it's an early, early league orc team, you know, those Blackhawks may be getting two dice, but they don't have block. And things like that can start to go wrong. And if they suddenly have to dodge away, they can't dodge forward through all the pillars. So they've got to think about going the other way. So as you say, shut them down. How Bash teams tend to beat Brett is obviously one, punching him to death, which is too hard to do. But the only the games <laughs> I, I really struggle with them is when the Bash team just goes, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to throw everything base everything and suddenly you're like ah that kills them uh, that is a really easy way to beat brett especially with bash team because the knights might be able to get away but your peasants are doomed and then that's probably four five six members of your team who suddenly can't do anything they can't move so they'll base up with all the high strength you can't hit back you can't do enough damage to move everybody away Uh, the peasants aren't useful enough to do it they need more too many assists suddenly you've got no cage you've got no pillars and it's quite easy to just walk through them but the bash team is of course slow and things go wrong elves on the other hand yeah you want to be probably not basing everything all the time you want to be kind of staying off as much as you can but pinning players in so if anybody gets thrown forward as a receiver sit in front and behind them um, preferably with tackle if you've got it to stop that dodge, uh, but yeah, you kind of want to pick your battles against elves, spread the play out a little bit, and you have catch, which is a hugely important thing because you're out. You, is it, you can re-roll the intercept, can't you? Right? That's not true. Not yeah. intercept. You can re-roll the yeah, intercept, yeah, yeah. which is a yeah six up, but six up with a re-roll, and then there's also situations where you might you know the ball might go free from a cage or from an elf. Hit you hit an elf. Sometimes the ball just lands on a Bretonian knight. Oh, fire up, catch, but I've got a re-roll because of catch. And yeah, makes a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, they yeah. can, no, they, it's, handy. it's really handy for that. Just I've found many occasions where I've just hit the cage, got the ball down, slammed on someone. And then next turn I'm run off, handed it off and I'm gone. So they are a bit elfy like that. But against elves, they're just, they're just, I think they're one of the better defense teams against elves. It's tough. It really, it really make you think that you can really, if you're sensible, mark everybody up just cause problems and as you said, bash them to death, which is gotta be the play. But they can also hit you back. So like Dark Elves, probably gonna hurt you. Wood elves, not so much. But uh interesting interesting defence team man. They're really, really good fun. Uh anybody anybody who's looking into using them, the defence is there. This the sort of secret gem. Like obviously they're gonna score a lot. They're gonna do loads of silly things. They're gonna pass the ball. Run miles, do guys a city dauntless blocks, great fun, right? But the real key to the team is the defense, keeping it safe, keeping it all quite regimented, and picking your moment to hit the cage or go for the ball. That's the key, I think, which makes them so fun.
0: And that, yeah, and that's the thing I'd say about our two different teams is that with your style, you've got more nights to do that flare passing shit. But if you play my style, then you've got the four blockers up front you know, a bit developed, so you're going to get you, you could have four guarders um, and when you're playing those bash plays you don't have to dodge away you've got four guarders mm-hmm. so you're going to be hitting them back and knocking them out of the way um, and that's the key change in the, the bird team from the original Knights having guard, they don't have guard they've got blodge and they can dodge away and that's great but if you've got more blockers you've got more guards, you've got more stand firm more control potentially mm-hmm. um, But that you're taking that risk of players dying and getting knocked yeah. out. And, yeah, and that's the fact
1: there's two ways, isn't it? Yeah. So. If you're taking Brett, you can't be too, uh, too affectionate for your team because they're going to get hurt. So you just got to take it on the chin. Especially the peasants. The peasants are going to die. Lots, I'm afraid. <laughs> lots and lots. So many of them have become zombies. I've almost forgotten. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's what I'd say. I mean, against against the bash players, as we've said, um, you, you've got to free those linemen every turn. So the more guards you can get on the pitch, the better. Yeah. Um, statistic. If you want to play Burt's as statistic, you know, team, which is what in Blood Bowl we see as competitive. If you've got undead. If you've got mm. um, dark elves, so if you're playing the statistic, if you want to turn Berts into that kind of team, actually taking blockers is better because you're going to end up with more guard. You've still got wrestle on them. They're higher agility in general. Roles are just going to be statistically better, annoyingly, um, because that's just the way it is. If you, if you play them over eight, nine, ten games, and you've got four dudes with wrestle, guard, stand firm, mixture of, um, and you've got two, maybe three, but two to three knights with the other mm-hmm. skills about that up, for me, that's statistically better but it depends on your play style because, you know, we know loads of people in the DBL like Alex Leppard who loves the YOLO plays and actually Rory is a, another YOLO play kind of guy. There lots of people who like to go for those play styles and in Blood Bowl that often works. Like if you're brave enough or willing enough yeah. to go for those plays, you can win the games and and not always playing the averages in a Joe Manji ECBBL type style is good. So, there's two ways to play the game and I would absolutely support the way of taking more nights having so, more fun uh, Yeah, but I think the blockers bring that, that that standard kind of play the averages play style I think they bring that to the Brex
1: team So I reckon your team right? That you've come up with here which I, I actually quite like I think it'd be interesting it's a really disruptive frustrating team it would be fantastic in the ECBBL I think it'd be a yeah. cracking team with those guys you know and Nothing, nothing against them, but I it really frustrate them all <laughs> <laughs> because it's the kind of team that they're not going to enjoy you playing against, especially when you get those level ups you're talking about. But I think in the DBL, <laughs> it would, in the DBL, it would just be passed over the top and you'd be like, ah, oh, well, what well, happened there? Um, whereas I think like the Knights, <laughs> the Knights and the silliness,
2: which is just, it's just as
1: competitive, I think, but it is, it is just the, the silly flair plays and the nonsense suits the DBL maybe a little bit more or the players in there. So I could see why you come up with that team because you're kind of thinking, how can I get one over the, get one up on the ECBBL guys, and with a team like that, that's really fendi, restly, frustrating, and it stops teams in their tracks. I think definitely see why it could be quite good. That's that's my thinking anyway. Why I think you come up with it? No, I, I, I agree. Like I, I just yeah, you
0: know, if I like the Dbl guys would be like, what a cunt. <laughs> I, I like, and, and that's the thing Like, I play Blood Bowl to turn up at the pub and have fun with yeah. guys or girls who want to play bubble and, and and I don't think if I turned up at the pub with a team that was for wrestling guarding, stand firm dudes and like a night candle on the back I don't think I'd have fun with that I think that that's not why you'd play Brett there are teams that do that in a fun thematic style and, and mm. you know Mark we talked about this we'll go on to a team like neck um, Nurgle, who are more of a more of that kind of play style where they just yeah. annoy people and pop people in their tracks. There are teams that do that, um, and I think that Brett can do that in a competitive way, and I think a more reliable way, like I've laid out, but like, if you and I play Blubble to turn up in the pub and hopefully this is going out in an isolation COVID-19 world, to be honest, and people might listen to this in years to come and it won't be a COVID-19 year world, but hopefully they'll remember this, <laughs> one would imagine, um, where we, we can't go out to the pub and have fun with our mates and and if I'm going to go out to the pub and have fun with my mates, I want to take a shitload of nights and chuck the ball around and have a laugh and that to me is what Blood Bowl is, and I said that at the start, Blood Bowl is a thematic fluff game as well as a competitive game, and that's how you'd play but in Mark's style, I've just given you an alternative, basically. And everybody loves alternatives.
1: Everybody loves a debate. So, as I said, love to see people try it. I'd love to see you try it. This, uh, fouly juggernauty type mess that you could use. I think it'd be good. Scrawly mess. Cause I've seen something like it before. So, it must work. We will see.
0: Right, listeners, we'll take a quick break here, um, and Mark will recharge his tea. I'm going to recharge my wine, and we will come back and talk uh, Bretonians in a tournament.
1: Let's do it.
3: Somewhere in my heart, there is a star that shines for you. Ladies
0: and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the tournament segment of the Bretonian Race Review with Mark the Commish, Hampson. And I can see he's getting a bit tired, his wife's wandering around in the background. It's quite late on a Thursday night. We've done the NHS clap in this COVID-19 world. You know, it's getting to the end of an evening. Uh, but we're still here. We're doing the tournament part of this podcast. So, Mark, Bretonians in tournaments, um, often they've been, you know, pigeonholed into this bloody tier one kind of
1: structure, which I personally disagree with. Thoughts? No, man, I totally agree with you. I kind of think, I understand why, but I also agree, yeah, don't think they're tier one. Not Tier 1. No. Nah, not Tier 1. Not Tier 1. Not <laughs> at all.
0: I mean, they really struggled last year. I took them to the UKTC uh, last January. So we're looking at 2019. Uh, good, goodness me, 2019. Beginning of 2019 seems like a different era, doesn't it? It's like so
2: <laughs> far away. Oh, man.
0: <laughs> and I took the Berts to UKTC and that. And they used the World Cup um, format for that. Uh, which was absolutely brutal for the Burtz, because it's a good format. I, I enjoyed it. It was, it was a sort of tiered format where you built, so the World Cup was built on nine games. You had three games, three games, three games, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, and you built on your skills, uh, per day. Um, and the UKTC kind of brought that back, and we only had six games, so we did it every two games, you got the build-up of skills effectively. And I took, so I can quickly run you through my list um, pretty much off the top of my head. We had a quick chat about what do I take now, but um, I took, I chose to take Dolphar Longstride, as we know and love. So I took only the three nights, because that's all you, I could fit in. Is uh, I think UKTC was sort of 1.1-ish starting with a bit of extra yeah. cash, so UKTC had cash to buy skills. Like so a- I could only fit in the... again, sorry?
1: It was like an offset thing, wasn't it? It was like one point one but you got a certain amount you could spend on skill. I can't really remember now. Yeah. Get a bit of yeah, yeah,
0: you got you got you got some for skills and you know, you could take some extra players, but most people went for the skills mm-hmm. and Berts were in that tier one limb structure, so you had to really stick yourself down to that one point one. So I think I had three knights I think I had three yeomen, um, but it might have been two, but I think it was three. Uh, and Dolphar, Longstride, and the remaining Peasant, and then I just took straight up, I think I took uh, one reroll, and then maybe that one leader reroll on a knight, I think I had to do that, um, which just made them so uncompetitive. Like the first game was like a massive struggle, I played Norse game one. And Norse have got loads of block and all that, all those re, all the the things, and it was just such a struggle. And that's the way the and annoyingly that's the way the World Cups built is that you it's built so that you kind of tear up with your opponents. And if you start off with lots of rerolls, like a human kind of team, you might be a slightly higher team than you'd expect because then you get less rerolls later on. All that kind of you know you get less skills to play with. And the Berts were pigeonholed into that Tier 1 build. And against those Norse, I was just completely outgunned. I had nothing. And I really found by the latter stages of the tournament, by like the end of Saturday, certainly on Sunday, I think on Sunday I won all three of my games. And I just I think I lost two and drew one on the first day or something like that. I just couldn't compete. I was like, I haven't got enough stuff here to deal with what's going on. And Berts are very much pigeonholed into that Tier 2 environment.
2: Yeah.
1: I think the thing was what happened, I think it wasn't that long. It hadn't been that long since the NAF have made them sort of an official tournament race. I think there was a little test period. I think them and the corn were kind of pigeonholed uh in. And I think for the I think everybody looked at the Brett's, and if you look at it off the cuff without knowing, you might think, Crikey, that looks disgusting, but actually it's not that crazy. So I could see why they were tier one. And the thing, why, they, why you probably struggled was because you didn't have as many skills on day one. So you were struggling with like, things like dodge. You didn't have the dodge that you needed. You didn't, you didn't have the guard that you needed and all the other bits you need to, to do this, to score and to do stuff with them. Cause as we said, the majority of your team is peasants and they're rubbish. So, you know, that's how it kind of, <laughs>
0: Peasantry! But, but if they yell for the lady, surely they can.
1: Well, if they, they, can if they please, like, they yell for the lady.
2: They get slapped
1: down because they're peasants, you know. <laughs> they're
0: not allowed to say. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely fair enough. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I'd agree. I mean, I, I think the skills I took in the end were like two guard and one mighty blow on the blockers, and maybe like tackle frenzy block, dodge on one on the night, something, something like that. Like, like standard skills that you need. And I had Dolphar, so Dolphar I mean I I was a bit unlucky in some of the games. Mm-hmm. Um and Dolphar does bring you that toolbox that Burts need out of the bat of the the kick is super awesome and the kick return is also super awesome to give you that that sort of toolbox that you need to do shit out of the bat. Plus an elf. And else uh, gay
1: yeah <laughs> But in a tournament, you're not worried about him scoring. You can just, you know, hustle, yeah, him, hit, hustle him up the pitch and kind of Knights can do all the work. Elf scores, doesn't matter in a tournament, right? Who cares? Uh, there's no SPP to be won. So it's actually not a bad deal. That's why Bo's so good in tournaments. So like you, 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 I think you took the rough deal. I think I've never taken Bretts to a tournament before then, but I then took them to quite a few tournaments like 2019, in the summer, and things like that.
0: You took them to the Borlack Bowl, didn't you? Didn't you take Burt's to that? My, uh, the Torn-Nuffle tournament in the summer? I think you did. UK Qs, I think I went to. Uh, God. Oh yeah, the Pearlie's you took them to, didn't you? Yeah, I, I just remember you sitting in the Sun playing Burt's.
1: Yeah, sitting in the Sun playing birds. Fantastic. I think yeah, I that
0: was Purlies. Yeah. Yeah, great. I think I came fifth
1: in the end, but that was with Dolphar. Uh, but it was 1200 TV? Can't really remember. Mm. But it was Dolphar. It was, it
0: was a high TV. I think it was 1200. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Dolphar, three knights, three yeomen. I think it was six peasants, two rerolls. They had leader on them, two with dodge, one with jump. It was pretty decent, pretty decent setup. And they were tier two. So they had five skills or six skills. Uh, yeah, it did quite well. Um, it's my only real experience of them in tournaments from memory, unless I've taken them again. But, uh, yeah, they were quite fun. And, um, Really useful. As I said, utility. They've got everything. And I think being tier two is right. Tier one, they just don't compete with your dark elves. You've got to look at other teams, right? The dark elf is tier one. And if you get a Bretonian team in tier one, it's just going to be like, pfft, just no comparison. The blitzers yeah. are better. All right. They don't have catch and dauntless, but they basically have it because they're agility two. Uh, all right. They don't have dauntless, but they are 20k cheaper. Um, you know, I, one well of them just took a bit of time, a bit of time to put them in the right place, you know. Um, some people may still put them in tier one, but what can you do? It all comes down to individual experiences, but slowly as time goes by, hopefully they stay solid tier two and kind of get the stuff like a human team would get, you know. Um, but yeah, lots of fun to take, but the stars is the thing that makes them a good laugh. I think you've got to take a star with a Brett team, right?
0: Yeah, I think I'd agree. But I mean, Bo Galante is not one I've taken. He's one that I'd like to take. I mean, the way I would build the though there well two ways I've seen Berts done. I've actually played them. One of these, I played them with um, Griff. I've not played them with Zug yet, but I think they'd work with Zug. Um, I just think that Griff brings them that agility for do fucking everything. Uber Knight style. He's hard to fit in, so you probably only get two nights with him. I think you probably get two nights, three yeoman and peasant. I would suggest with one or two rerolls. Like I've, I've not actually done the math on this, um, but I think that's how he would fit. Um, the roster I worked out is more of a human build, which is um, you drop down to three nights, as uh, so you know the fourth, three nights, three yeoman as well, so you get the fourth peasants for your eleven players and only the one re-roll and then either you play with one re-roll or you stick a, a pass on one of the knights and it kinda and again if they're tier one you're a bit fucked, but if they're tier two you've probably got a skill there to stick leader on a knight and, and and it gives you those two re rolls. And that makes them I think a pretty effective human team actually. You've got Zug to really boss the line there as an ogre, like a reliable ogre. The knights are better than human knights. You've got three of them, so they can go and run around, and do shit. Yeah. Um, and then you've got those three yeomen as well, to either control space or sack the ball or do things. And again, I actually think peasants are better than human linemen for what you get. They're a bit cheaper. They can control the line. They can fend people. They die. Mm-hmm. But if you've got 12 players, you've got a little bit of resilience there. So yeah, I'd, I, I'd like to play that. So I played the Griff build. Griff is fun. Griff's better with humans because you can have him with an ogre, but he is fun with the Knights as well. Um, I haven't played the Zug build yet, and it's one on my to-do list. I have to I say.
2: Really,
1: yeah, I really agree. I think Zug, well, sorry, in Tournament, as we say, with zug I think a really good build. But I think the only other real one is Bo. If Dolphar's no longer an option for the tournament you're going to, which hopefully he still is, but it's up to the tournament. If, if yeah, between the two. depends how you want to play. If you wanna go for the more silly sort of passing game, uh you know, really run rings on your opponent and go for bow. If you want to go for the bash and smash people down, go for Zug. I just think that you sacrifice maybe a bit too much with Griff. That's my only my only fear. Just you're just gonna lose just a bit too much. I think you might it's not achievable in one point one thousand or one one point one mil, maybe one point two, but I think he's a bit too expensive. But you're right, though, about the peasants. Peasants in a, in a tournament, you know, screw, screw them if they die. It doesn't matter. It's fine. But in, like, a league, a, the only thing worse than the peasant is a peasant with loner. So you don't really want to have journeymen. <laughs> so in a, <laughs> in a tournament, you can throw them at the wall. You know, that's the difference between tournaments and, and league players. You can just sacrifice peasants. You can do it in league play as well. I'm not saying you can't, but you, you know, it's getting to a point where you don't really want to be doing that. And and you do things in tournaments you wouldn't normally do. And I think that's why Bretts are so good because you might not go for that crazy dodge in and out with a Brett in a league because he might fall over and die, and that's that's your league screwed. But in a tournament, why the hell not? And that's when they shine when you need that four up pick up and the three up dodge to hand it off to someone else. Just silly things like that that you wouldn't normally try. You can do in tournaments. and I think Brett's they benefit from that bit, bit of silliness and that bit of flair.
0: Yeah, I, I wonder if we can fit, you know, the likes of Zara, Kara builds into the list. I'm not, I'm not sure they really add a lot, because as we've discussed, I think Dauntless with re-rolls brings you enough. Because they've got like, you know, they've got Strength 4 and Dauntless, cool, Bodging, cool, Knights can get that. Um, I don't know, I'm I'm sort of just thinking of this off the bat now. I think that if I had, because Carla is 220k, Zugs Zug's 260k, Mm. I still think Zugs probably better, because he brings you that bash ability that you don't have, the Mighty Blow, I Mm. think is is pretty key, and the Strength 5. I'm not sure. Maybe Carla. Carla's an option for 40k less than a 1.1. Mm.
1: I feel like some of these stars are better for league and some of them are better for tournaments, you know. I feel like Carla and Zara are probably better in a league game than maybe Zug, unless you just want to kill stuff, which is fine, because they're just that like, slightly cheaper, especially Carla, sorry. Willow is useless in every setting. I think. <laughs> what are you talking about? You Willow play, is right?
2: amazing! Yeah.
1: <laughs> It depends who you're playing, right? If you come into a tournament and you're like, right, I'm going to go for Zug, and then you play Kemri, Undead, uh, Ogres, and you've got him, it's going to be a struggle, right? That's the difference. That's because you know, you just don't know who you're going to play. Which is why I think Bo, this is my opinion, Bo or Dolphar, depending. Because of the way the the Bretts are, that's more beneficial to have a, a quick, fast elf against those bash teams. 'cause Zug's probably gonna get crap beaten out of him by Bash teams. Because the knights and everything can't really support him. Against like, your humans and your you know, in your your Elves and stunty teams and stuff, Zug's gonna be excellent, but I think he could just get a little bit ganged up on in uh, against some of the Bash teams, you know? I don't know what you think about that.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I mean I, I, it's but suffer from the same thing that humans do and that they're a little bit of a finesse team. They're kind of a bash team, but they're more of an edge team and they struggle against bash and they struggle against edge, but they can also, like, excel against both. It depends how you play them, so they kind of reward good play. Um, And humans have, like, a get-out-of-jail-free in the early sort of stages of league. We're talking about tournaments now, but the early stage of leagues, um, where they got the ogre and the the um, the excellent re rolls that they bring that Berts don't have.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but Berts Burt, can absolutely reward flair and fun play, and and that's what's great in tournament builds. You can use those stars to really enhance the flair play that you have. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we're we're getting to the end of the podcast now, and we're going to round up in a bit, but it's. You know, I'd say, like, why would you play Um Like, do you like your opponent's moaning about how annoying your team is and how, you know, the <laughs> wrestle and the fend and all that kind of shit? Uh, <laughs> do you like to disrupt what I'd say is, like, the normal game strategies like, in terms of yeah. using those things against your opponent? And do you want to challenge? Do you like mm. min-max kind of teams, you know, because Burt can absolutely min-max that stuff? Then I would say... Bretonians are for you. That's why you should play them. But why shouldn't you play them? You know, I mean, it, it requires a really good knowledge of positioning. They're, they're quite strong with the dauntless, like deceptively, um, and without it they struggle. But winning with moderate stats is not easy. It's not great. Like, it's, they've got absolutely moderate stats across the board. They've got no strong players, fragile linemen, and they've only got agility three for ball handling and agility two in lots of players, which is quite frustrating. So it's 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 certainly a finesse team, a team that you want to have a challenge with. But I think the reason they're they've been put in tier one and why I'd say they're tier two is because absolutely in the right hands, they're really strong. Like if mm. you want to, you know, piss people, they've got that ability to piss people around. And I think that's why I've been hammering home over the last like two two and a half hours about using lots and lots of blockers with wrestle and lots and lots of lineman rependers, okay. because that's what they actually do really well is to really piss people around and fucking in their face and use those skills to their strengths. Um, and in a weird kind of way they become lower tier 2, high tier 3 if you use more and more knights because they're cool and they do flare shifts and they do stuff and you can physically do that play style and you can win, like, absolutely do well but you're relying on dice rolls yeah. and Blood Bowl is a statistic average based game and if you want to play a specific, like Jay Manji who gets who I enjoy upsetting with you know like removing his mummies in turn one and things like that you know it's hilarious <laughs> but, but Blood Bowl if you want to be if you want to be really good at it it's a risk based yeah. game where you want to minimize your risk and having lots of wrestle players early on is really good for that. And Berts can do that; they have, they actually have the players to do that. And I think that's what I've been arguing earlier. And and I and I wouldn't extol this for tournaments at all. And we've kind of reached the end stages of the podcast now for tournaments. I would take broadly, it's probably three and three, three knights and three yeomen and a star. Yeah. And if you can reach a fourth of either, um, with mm-hmm. With hopefully two re rolls, either with leader, that's what we'd recommend on the podcast. But for me, it's like really max out those yeomen and the Peasants for the annoyance value for bets, because that's where they really fight those averages and do really well.
1: No, yeah, totally. I think you're totally right. I think in terms of, as you say, tournaments, three and three, perfect. Fill the rest, Peasants Star. You can't go much wrong to be honest. And then you can go for the silly flare plays because it's. You're not worried about your players dying. Which is hugely different between different play styles, you know. If anybody asks what's the difference between tournament and league play, that's what I would always say is it's regen. So the games are always gun ho, gun ho blood hole in tournaments, in my opinion. Because you've got nothing to lose. League play apprehension apprehension. Which is why, like you were saying, if there's a reason maybe to play Blood Bolt or to play Bretonians is because they need that finesse. They need to be used sensibly, because if you don't, you might not have a team at all, because they will just disappear. Um which is why having an Apo early on is really nice. For your build, for one of the summer, some of the ones I've kind of written up as well, that Apo is essential just to keep the knights alive. You know, you'll lose the and peasants like you wouldn't believe. Um maybe not so much in your build, but uh, you might want to keep the Yeoman alive, but I've always been Apo for knights only. That's always been the, the play. No, no, I think,
0: I think my build is the same. It's, yeah. You start with the four Yeoman and the Apo, and you've only got two knights, so the Apo's there, absolutely, and the yeah. yeomen are, are cheap, because so, yeah. you, you, you can replace them. You've got the money, especially in the DBL, that's coming in. You can also re- you can almost replace a Yeoman a game, not every other game, yeah. um, and you're very much playing that control-based style, um, the, the, in a weird kind of way, the Berts aren't designed for, but they can do really well. Like, and it, it, it's it, it's difficult. I, I'm I'm finding myself in a little bit of a bind in this podcast because I'm purely presenting a playstyle that I think um, is effective, but maybe not fun um, in the Blood Bowl world and the world. But I I wouldn't play Berts in that playstyle. Probably if I took them in the DBL, I'd play them more in the flare. Fun place I'll Take shitloads of nights and have fun. Mm-hmm. Um I'm just presenting another style of it. And I think that yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head.
1: Totally, man. I think I think yeah, I think we've pretty much covered it. What else can we what else can we talk about the lady, you know? Anything else we could talk but
2: about? The lady. <laughs> the lady,
1: <that's> <laughs> I I've used them for two years. They've been a massive change from Nerva, which i used religiously as well for about two years. And you know what? It was a big change to get used to using this team. And it's a positional team. If you want to learn how to play positional blood bowl, I don't even think I've mastered it. I'm not even going to say I've mastered it. If you really want to learn how to use it that isn't elves, because elves, you know, that AG4, it almost gives you get-out-of-free-jail card sometimes when you've got to, oh, I've just got to fill that hole. Two plus, I've done it. Brett, so you've got to do it with three pluses. Comes a little bit different um so yeah they're a finesse team positioning team if you don't quite get it right it can all come undone really quickly so they're quite delicate to use because they are weak and more because they are obviously uh it's tough to get the positioning right but if it works they're a cracking team to use they're, they're a very rewar- rewarding team um when it all goes right and that defense works it's great it's pretty cool because you know you it's up you're up against it with the agility, you know you're up against it with the armour, you know you're up against it, most teams are gonna kill you but a very limited amount. So they're very rewarding, but then on the other flip side, to not use them uh yeah, they can be very frustrating. Just because of those reasons that dodge you just need doesn't work and suddenly the whole game falls apart. So yeah, that'll be my take on them. Take them if you want to challenge. They're not as easy as they seem, uh, but they are very rewarding, I think, is the best thing to say about them. That's
0: that's a great sum up, Mark, I would agree. I mean, without exceptional stats, you really need to make the absolute most out of your starting skills. You know, blockers, even the ones I've been extolling, are only strength three with a wrestle, meaning you can't reliably win by outbashing your opponent. Uh, Blitzers are movement seven, they're AG3, meaning you can't rely on elf bullshit uh, Mm. (laughs) or country, uh, and you can't outrun your opponents because what elves are going to outrun you. So what have they got? They have got Fend! Fend and a lot of it. Um, A lot of Fend. And they've got access to all of the skill trees. I mean, that's what brings me back to my build, really, that with Fend, Wrestle, Block... The strength of the team is they can control space on the pitch Mm -hmm. like no other team can. No other team has that that amount of fens. So build on that strength. You know, what does it mean? Play to their strength, um, build your players accordingly, and that's why I would suggest in a purely competitive sense, putting stand firm, sidestep fend on fucking everybody on the pitch is going to really fuck with your opponent's head and force them to abandon their usual strategy and just get them on defense. That's going to really screw with them. Um, and yeah, blood bowl can be about that to an extent. So in you know the middle ground, like maybe take less of that bullshittery, but that's the pure, straight up competitive build I would extol. And it's kind of yeah, bringing us to the end of this podcast, I think, Mark, isn't it?
1: Oh man, yeah, fantastic. I think it's been a great uh, run through. Thanks for having me on. It's been uh Oh, pleasure, thank you very much. Talk about on. them. It's round them off for me because I don't think I'll be using them again. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 I will use them again if I need to, but uh, they're going away for a while. Try
2: out new things. But uh, they have. Been... I
1: mean,
0: Mark's got a beautifully, beautifully painted team um, that he's used for two DBL seasons, which is probably two DBL seasons too many.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably
0: but, um, but he's had a lot of fun He had an agility 4 blocker at one point Which was a highlight for all of us He had Fat Pat Which you've all came, come
1: to know and love He did Fat Pat lasted for two games before he died I don't know why he's such a celebrity But uh, yeah <laughs> I got to the quarterfinals in both seasons So He did. must have been doing something right Or not I don't know <laughs> It's, uh, or really, really wrong. Yeah, <laughs> okay. I got them yeah, really, I mean, really wrong, thanks. but I
2: got
1: them far. <laughs> thanks, Mark, for
0: coming up. I mean, that's the that's the thing about the DBL. It's such a unique league, and it, it rewards playstyles where you can build your team up in an effective manner, which I think is great. Um, but yeah, that brings I think the Bretonian uh, race review to an end. We've covered the general race. We've dra- covered the stars, we've covered the uh, league play and the tournament play. Um all I have to say Mark is thank you very much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you for hosting mate. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you. That's all right mate. We'll get you on again. Take care listeners. Bye-bye. Bye
3: bye. Bye. Get off my house and I kate let you go.